the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we're ready to go here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad you could be with me today. Paul is here. R.D. was going to be here but can't be today because evidently his daughter, it looks like she has strep throat. Oh, not well, a, Not a good thing. We don't really want to share that. When you're in, when you're in the family and somebody comes home with strep, it, you just start wondering, when's my time? You know, that's the way I always feel about it, at least. So uh, he will not be here today. And I haven't heard from Jan, so I'm I'm expecting that Jan will not be here today. So it's just going to be me and Paul today and you. And the phones are open for you. I want to start off with something that really blew my mind today. Are you ready? It, it Look, it takes a lot to surprise me, but mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't be surprised as I read this article. Are you ready, Paul? Okay. Dallas County's new district attorney announced that his office will no longer prosecute thre- uh, theft of necessary items up to $750. Okay, I think the guy needs to be deported. Okay, listen, I get more. <laughs> the announcement drew an immediate reaction from small business owners who are worried the word of the policy will encourage shoplifting. You think? No kidding. Well, while the Dallas County District Attorney, John Cezuzot, it's C-R-E-U-Z-O-T, I have no idea how that's pronounced, tried to clarify his new policy on Friday. Some business owners are worried about what the DA's new policy will mean for them. Now, let me, I'm going to read all of this, but I want you to hear when the, the prosecutor tries to clarify his policy. It gets worse, all right? Cody Ellison and his business partner own three shops in the Bishop Arts District. The DA's letter to the people of Dallas County does not sit well with him. Quote, to have the thought of someone being able to come in and steal $750 from us and there be no consequence is unfathomable to me. Here's what the DA's letter says. I want you to listen closely to this, Paul. Criminalizing uh, poverty is counterproductive for our community's health and safety. For that reason, this office will not prosecute theft of personal items less than $750 unless the evidence shows that the alleged theft was for economic gain. I think they should just quit paying their taxes. You know... Seriously, if the city, if the prosecutor will ref- is can going to refuse, I can believe it. Yes, these people are nut jobs. But yeah. if they're going to if they're going to refuse to prosecute for theft, why on earth are these people going to pay no, their taxes? I, they, should, they should just stop. They're going to prosecute theft, but it's got to be seven hundred and fifty dollars or more. Right. That's the only way they're prosecuting. These store owners should probably just stop sending in their sales tax. I mean, seriously, this is nuts. So he went on, the prosecutor did, to say it was about essentials. 
Ellison says, for us, essentials are clothing. People have to have clothing. And I guess they own a bunch of clothing shops. Ellison questions why the DA sets such a high dollar amount for prosecution. This is not victimless crime, he said. So the the new district attorney tried to clarify his new policy. I'm going to call and try to get him on the air. I got to talk to him. Quote, maybe I should say consumption items. Prosecutor, everything you buy is for consumption. All right. Everything is a consumption item, is it not? Pretty much. I mean, there's a few things that don't really go away, but I mean. Okay. But I mean, if you're, let's say you could steal your electricity. That's for consumption. People can. People do it. Gas for your car, that's consumption. Mm -hmm. Everything's for consumption. Anyway, maybe I should say consumption items, said the the prosecutor. Maybe we should have put that word in there. We're talking about food and formula that people need to live. Maybe I didn't put enough words in when I said personal items. Maybe I should have said personal consumption items. Listen to the prosecutor here. If it's about food and baby formula and stuff, instead of making the person have to steal it, why don't you just give the person a $750 uh, waiver and he gets to pick whatever grocery store he wants to go to and you walk in and you you know you fill up your basket, take a calculator with you. You don't want to be over, and I don't know if that $750 is you know, flat seven fifty, or that is that's with tax. Okay, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine them giving up their tax. But the bottom yeah, they, line, they may still collect the tax. Yeah, on that's these what people. I'm saying. <laughs> the, the bottom line is this way: the thief will not. If it's a guy, he won't have to be uh, uh, embarrassed by st- sticking a tube of baloney down his pants. I suppose so. You know, I'm just saying, that could cause extreme embarrassment, Money. which we know we don't want to do to can't, anybody. Can't embarrass. For any re- you can't um, embarrass a criminal. A thief. You can't do that. That's I mean, nuts. for the women, it would be like two heads of lettuce or whatever. But the bottom line is that you don't want to embarrass the thieves at all. Uh, there are some that are not getting upset about this. Uh, the district attorney did say that his office is trying to partner with academic institutions to track crime numbers to see if this new policy causes an increase in crime. Those numbers could prove hard to track, though, if people stop reporting crimes. Here's what will happen. I, I Listen closely. Here's what happens on this. If the cops show up, let's say, at the local Walmart, and and somebody's walking out of the store with a bicycle, which is well under seven hundred and fifty dollars, and they're trying and and trying to put it in their car out in the parking lot, and they call the police to arrest the gentleman, and the police look at him and say, "Well, we're not going to arrest him. The prosecutor's not going to prosecute him, so we're not going to go through all the hassle of arresting the person." Yeah, and, and who knows? And before maybe- long. Nobody's going to show up, so nobody's going to call. Maybe so, and so may, maybe they would for a bicycle no, because they, no. they because they may declare that's not a necessary item. But what if it was ribeye steaks? What if you want to get around? Yeah, I don't know. What if it's something you need to get around? <clears throat> yeah, maybe so. Ribeye steaks. You know, how do you determine if that's a necessity or not a necessity? I mean, is, or shrimp it, or, it, or it, lobster or yeah, is that a necessity? And is this each time you're caught? 
I don't know. In other words, do they apply the $750 cap every time, or do they open up an account at the police station and they keep track? And they, they come to get you one time, and let's say you had $769. or seven, you well, Let's say you had $749 before, and now, you know, you got uh, some, you know, you got some, some stakes. And you go, well, we're taking you in, going to be prosecuting you because you've gone over. You went 10 bucks or, over. Or is it going to be set up so that you show up and you've got to steal, you've got to steal 750 Each better. time. Each time, yeah, to get wow. to get arrested and get Boy, prosecuted. That's, that's a big, that's a big thing. That's a big um, threshold. What do you? I mean, how do you for steal? essential for food and clothing and and form baby formula? Baby formula. Just think baby. about that for a second. How do you steal that much? It's easy to do. Give me a shopping cart. And I if suppose not, if you you're go, not going to charge me, and I'm not. And I can just walk out. You watch me yeah, you pile can, you, some stuff in. Well, I mean, if, if if it doesn't include electronics, if it's got to be food and clothing, and uh, man, well, I want to know if I would have gotten arrested over at Home Depot on Sunday. Sunday, Home Depot, or last Friday it was. It was another. It was a Black Friday spring sale. Oh, okay. So I went by, and they had Dewalt had a twenty was a twenty volt. Uh, 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 drill, drill mm-hmm. and, they, and a and a twenty volt impact right. drill, mm-hmm. two batteries, a charger, and a bag. All right, for uh, two forty nine. Mm-hmm. That's a good buy, man. Okay. That's about a um, close to a hundred dollars savings. Cool. I went ahead and, and picked one up because I have been been in the market for a drill, and my son in law said, "Now, Pop, if you're going to buy the drill, get the impact." Yeah, as those well, are, those are nice. That yeah. really will come in handy while you're repairing your fence. Just trust me about that. And I said okay, so I went and got both of them. Now it was only two hundred and forty nine dollars. Mm-hmm. If I was in this guy's county, I should just be allowed to walk out with it. Or, or are you scored on how well you thieve? You know, if they oh. don't see you walking out with it, you know, no harm, no foul. Maybe so. I don't know. So I think I think in some stores they will physically stop you. Well, yeah, and I don't and, blame them. And so, so what's liable to happen is that. So will the thieves just start fighting? So if you're, if you're a big enough thief, you can actually get past the store owners or the store, or the store employees. <laughs> that means you can have it. I guess is that what's going on? I guess now? that's going to be new. The new kind of thing that we got to do. Uh, said uh, a guy by the name of. Jason Roberts, he's the owner of A.J. Vagabonds in Bishop Arts. Now, I have no idea what A.J. Vagabonds sells at uh, Bishop Arts, but he supports the DA's new policy. Listen, What would you bet that he doesn't sell anything that qualifies? Listen to this guy. Quote, I would hate to have the worst thing you've done be the flag for who you are as a human being for the rest of your life. Who says it's going to be, first of all? For a while, you better believe it will be. People probably won't trust you very much and shouldn't. Well, how else would we would we? That's how define you a person? How that's do you, right. How, about their actions. That's, that's, there's really nothing else we can go on. I mean, because... Does everybody understand how stupid this is? I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, okay, what, what we're talking about people, maybe that, that, maybe they accept the notion that this idea that maybe your race does define you or your your 
something else about you defines you rather than your actions. That's just moronic. I mean, of course your, your actions should define you and how people think about you. Um, I just thought you would find Remind, remind me where this is from again, California? No, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas? Yes. We can't even push them off in the ocean. Dallas, Texas. I mean, we're talking, this is what's happening to Texas now that all of the refugees are coming in from California is this, that want nothing to do with all their high taxes and stuff. Maybe they'll go back. They, <laughs> they get to wherever they're going, and they want to bring crazy policies like this with them. I mean, we've never even heard anything about heard anything about that from crazy, crazy town, California. I mean, seriously? Is this guy an elected official, or is he yes. just some podunk? He's, uh, he's the county prosecuting attorney wow because some of them I would hope that the people will make him the shortest lived district attorney in <laughs> in their county can I next donate? time he runs he should be out immediately can i donate tar and feathers yeah i don't know man this guy's <laughs> is bad news i mean just it's just really unbelievable i, I mean those people should uh, why would these people continue to pay taxes if they've got a prosecutor that's that stupid why on earth would they pay taxes? That was um, this is a video that was posted April twelfth by Fox News in Dallas, Fox Four in Dallas. Wow, it's a true story. I'm not making this up. You, you know, if this was no look, it was April first. I could understand that you would think this is April Fool's joke, but this is not. Wow. Th- th- this is a prosecutor. I we should start. We should call uh, Cody Highland, and when you are. When you were a, a prosecutor, sir, did you ever think of putting a cap on how much people can steal before you prosecute them? That's insane. And in here, in this case, 750 bucks. So long as they needed it. Well, I needed it. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's insane. He just, this guy says that uh, criminalizing, he's saying we criminalize poverty. No, you criminalize. It's counterproductive theft. for our community's health and safety. I mean, for seven fifty, you know, there might be people who make a whole lot of money. About seven hundred and fifty dollars, don't have to worry about anything. But walk in, just like you said. Well, I'll pick up. See, I see. I'm going to have a. I'm going to have a get a, a get together this weekend. So, let's see. Eight people. What's eight lobster tails go for? You know. Pick up some lobster tail. I don't know, maybe lobsters some, are pretty stinking expensive. Yeah, well, I, even if it's sixty bucks, you you got a lot of open area before you hit seven fifty. Yeah, I mean, you know, f- beef fillet is about eighteen dollars <laughs> a pound for the good stuff, or twenty five bucks a pound. And uh, what, what? How would you actually, unless it's unless you can include electronics or jewelry or something of that nature. How do you even get that much in a shopping cart? And buy about, I don't know, buy six tomahawks, you know. I'm, I'm not talking steaks. about, I'm talking these steaks, all right. Ribeyes with the, the big the, bone on them. They're still only about 10 or 12 bucks they're a about, pound, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you're, well, let's say it's a four-pound steak. 75 pounds of meat. So let's just, yeah, <laughs> let's just say if it's, you know, uh, about $12 a pound, they're each $4, so you're talking $50 a steak, and you take six of them. You're not even halfway there yet, man. I'm just saying, you're not halfway there. Hmm. Amazing. It's a ch- here. Look, if you're watching on on uh, Facebook, 
There's the story. See, you, <laughs> if you can look close, you might be. It says business owners have mixed reactions to Dallas County DA's new policy, Fox 4 wow. News. All right, Fox 4 News. Not a made-up thing. So if you're on Facebook right now, if you want to, you know, drop a, a comment in there, what would be the first thing? If you knew that it w- nobody's going to do anything to you, what's the first thing? You would shoplift, knowing that you. It's like it's a free for all. It's a, a giveaway, seven hundred and fifty bucks, and it's not explained yet in this story, whether that is one time, or each time you're caught, they keep a running record until you hit seven hundred and fifty bucks. Wow, just interesting. Or maybe it's every time. So if I come, as to long the, as you don't hit seven fifty, keep coming back. Thank you very much. So if I come to the prosecutor's house and I and I break in his front door oh, no. and go to his He's refrigerator. A store. Oh, it's got to be a retailer. See, you're talking about, this uh, is people who are stealing from stores, not, uh, from, you know. Not from individuals. Not uh, from individual uh, houses. So hmm. You don't want to be doing that because with as many guns as there are in Texas, there will be a lot of um, stand-your-ground shootings, just saying. So he's, he's the undertaking business he's would be a good business to be in at that. Point. So he's he's apparently exempted himself. I guess perhaps who knows? I don't know. Unless I doubt if he owns something. But I thought I heard heard it all, hmm. and then I read this story. All right, we got to get a break wow. in. Let's do that. I want to also check in on a story. Did you hear about this uh, story about the college where the guy from the Daily Wire came to speak, and some guy went up and sprayed him down with a non-toxic chemical. The guy was caught uh, and taken into custody for assault. And then the president of the university said that um, this guy that was the speaker didn't share the values of the university. I got to give you the rest of the story because there's more to it, Paul. It's Crazy Tuesday here on the day. The Dave Ellswick Show, we got a lot to talk about today. I also want to talk to Paul about uh, the whole deal about the legislature not taking care of um, misdeeds by legislators. They only passed three of those ethic bills that were out. Uh, later on in the 4 o'clock hour, uh, State Senator Mark Johnson will be here, who Sounds was big good. time behind that, and we'll talk to him about it. All that's coming up. Plus, in the 5 o'clock hour, the Bible guys are here. You can still send in your Bible guy question. We've got about four. They're going to talk a lot about Easter coming up uh, on this weekend as well. And uh, if you got a question, it's BibleGuys at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. Back in a moment. Back with you. We've got uh, Mark Johnson at 4 o'clock. You won't want to miss that. That's going to be a very interesting discussion with him. And how when he came out with these these uh, bills that he wanted to file, I thought they were no-brainer and they were going to easily get through committee and then be voted in as law. Well, 50% of them did. 50% of the ones that had real teeth, uh, they didn't get. They didn't pass uh, out of committee at all, and we got to talk about this because it just goes to show there's a lot of people that are politicians that don't understand how serious 
this is to the people, I believe, of Arkansas, to you. You want, you know, people who have committed a felony under their direction as a state senator or state representative or a constitutional officer or whatever. You want them to be drummed out of uh, out of politics. We're going to talk about that at 4 o'clock. But when we come back, let's go on at the University of Missouri-Kansas City campus. I'll tell you. All right, so when I first started talking about the freedom of speech bill on campuses here in Arkansas, I had several people stop me and say, why do you think that's necessary, Dave? And I said, because there's a lot of people that are being told that they can't say certain things, they can't express their beliefs uh, because they're conservative. And, or even if they were liberal, I don't care. I mean, if you're a liberal and you have an, a, a belief that's different from mine, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think you should have the, the right to express your belief in a, a civil way. And then if uh, you want to have a, a debate, have a debate on it, things of that nature. But uh, we were moving away from that here in the state of Arkansas. We really were. It was happening at ASU. It was happening at U of A, freedom of speech zones. You could only talk about certain things there because Lord knows they didn't want you saying something that somebody, somebody, it could have been anybody, would have been offended by. So, you know, I I said enough is enough. And I got with some some, uh, elected officials and we pulled together uh, some different laws, different uh, uh, rules from different states, put them all together, added stuff that we wanted in there, and and got a pass. So now you can't do that anymore. And so many people think, oh, it's such a waste of time. Well, let me, let's, let's see if that's a waste of time. Maybe this would have happened if we hadn't stopped it. Uh, State Senator Dev- David Satter is calling for University of Missouri, Kansas City Chancellor Molly law to step down after a conservative commentator was assaulted on campus last week. Many of you might know who I'm going to be talking about because he writes for the Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's website. Conservative commentator Michael Knowles was assaulted on campus during a speech that he gave, and it was titled, Men Are Not Women. Knowles was sprayed with a non-toxic substance by a masked attacker who has now been charged with assault and resisting arrest. In the chancellor's initial statement, he noted that Knowles, quote, professed opinions that do not align with our commitment to diversity and inclusion and our goal of providing a welcoming environment to all people, particularly to our LGBT community. He commended students for, quote, responding in the best way, unquote, by protesting Knowles with, quote, positive messages about diversity and inclusion, although the chancellor did note that some others crossed a line. As reported by the Missouri Times Monday, Satter took to the Senate floor to criticize the chancellor, saying, quote, as far as I'm concerned, he should go. That's what State Senator Jason Holzman 
a Democrat, also remarked on the chancellor, suggesting that he should be given, quote, the opportunity to address the statement and make it right in terms of essentially redefining his position on what happened. In other words, lie. Mm. Say, I didn't mean it. Say, I, I really, what I was trying to say. So, so read that statement again that from, from Noel that was the, the, his, his speech was about. It was The name of his speech was Men Are Not Women. And that's, so transsexual. And, and that's uh, offensive to people? Well, to a lot of people it is. That's, that's. Okay, now, I, Noel. I, I, how, how do we get to the point where biology is offensive on a college campus? Well, there's some people on college campuses that don't believe bi- uh, biology uh, applies here. That if a, a boy says he's a girl, then you address him as a girl, calling by the pronouns that he wants to be uh, called by. Or if yep. there's a woman who doesn't think she's either sex, uh, you, you should have to call them by whatever pronoun they want to be called by. If you don't, you're being mean. Mm-hmm. All right, let me go on. Michael Knowles sent a Twitter a tweet out uh, and uh, said, uh, at least the University of Missouri-Kansas City apologized for the physical assault and relentless shouting I endured last night as an invited and speaker on campus. Just kidding. Uh, the chancellor of the university just sent out an email basically smearing me as a bigot. <laughs> uh, the radical left. By the way, it's not going to stop at anything to indim- uh, 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 intimidate conservatives. Uh, other conservatives and Knowles also criticized local media outlet, the Kansas City Star, for what was what has been perceived as biased reporting. The Kansas City Star just published an entire article based on nothing, alleging that I wanted to be assaulted. Kansas City Star protester at right-wing UMKC event arrested, but was Speaker hoping for a disruption? Question mark. UMKC did not respond to requests for comment in time for this uh, uh, publication. So bottom line, this isn't over, folks. This is not over. But I, I thought it was interesting that the Democrats said, well, I think we should give the chancellor the opportunity to address the statement and make it right in terms of essentially redefining his position on what happened. In other words, get up in front, do your mea culpa, and then go hide somewhere. That's basically what they were saying. Uh, you know, Knowles took to it. And this is going to be interesting because this is the stuff that President Trump talks about and about cutting federal funding uh, to uh, universities. I say you cut state funding to them as well. Yeah, cut them out. This is, these are cesspools of, mor- of moronic ideology. Come on, why do Republicans con- continue to support funding for these universities of so-called higher education? I mean, can you get deeper into the gutter? Can you get... Any more stupid? <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously. Yeah, seriously, it, it's uh, fifty years ago. Could you have written a parody any crazier than this? I, I it, it would have been. It wouldn't even have even been believable science fiction fifty years ago, would it? I would hope that we will get past 
the 1984 news speak that we're living with in our current times. Because that's exactly what we're seeing now. It's nuts. I mean, this is 1984 live and in person for everybody. This is where, you know, if you speak about certain things, suddenly uh, you're to be vilified and to be attacked and to be sprayed, stuff sprayed on you, to be met in a, when you're in a, uh, a restaurant and to be screamed down at until you, you're forced to leave, uh, you know, the, uh, the restaurant, things of that nature, because the restaurant don't have the cojones to take care of removing the uh, people who are protesting. I mean, it's just, it's crazy anymore of what's going on. And, you know, it reminds me about what the Bible says, that there will come a time uh, in history when right will be called, you know, bad and b- evil things will be called good, good things. And that's, ex- we, we're, we're exactly at that. Did you see Bernie Sanders on Fox News yesterday? Am I the only one that watched that? Here's the key. He made a statement that he made his million dollars the old-fashioned way, you know, so. Politics don't, don't, or prostitution? Don't be, don't be given both. <laughs> <laughs> kind of one and the same synonymous, isn't it? I mean, bottom line was is that the, he just said, hey, I did it legally, leave me alone. You know, have you know, and, and here's the key, have you noticed his speeches? When he gave his speeches uh, almost four years ago, when he was running against Hillary for the, uh, the Democrats' um, nomination, he's, he, would, he would call out the millionaires. Have you noticed he doesn't call out millionaires anymore? He calls out billionaires. Oh, because he, was, because he would be now, talking to himself. That's right. Now he is a millionaire. Oops. He made over a million dollars last year. But he, he actually made over a million dollars. Yes, he did. He made Doing over a million dollars. Writing books and stuff. No. Writing books for people I don't believe can read. Oh, well. They probably bought a, an audio book. So somebody well, could they, read can, it they can at least put it on their shelf. You know, they read, well, and look you know, at the front picture. Huh? Yeah, I mean, look, Elizabeth Warren, she's worth over a million. Uh, Camilla Harris, between her and her husband, they're worth over one point nine million dollars. It's the kettle calling the pot black from and the and Democrat of, side. And of course, I'm, I'm sure these people are giving this away to the poor. I don't have to do that. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. Here's another one for you. Here's one that doesn't make sense again. Well, it never does with the left, okay? Uh, activists out in Berkeley are pushing for a new kind of dorm. Are you ready for this one? Activists and students at Berkeley, California, are now pushing to establish the first ever sanctuary dorm. Sanctuary dorm on the University of California Berkeley campus, even though the campus itself already refuses to enforce immigration laws and offers plenty of resources to to illegal alien students. On April 10th, members of the Berkeley chapter of the Coalition to Defend Affirmative Action. Wow, I want to belong to this group. Put this on your T-shirt, folks. Uh, The Coalition to Defend Affirmative Action, Integration, and Immigration Rights and fight for equality by any means necessary. Now, they broke this down to BAM, B-A-M-N, 
And I don't know how they did it, but they did. They took all those words and made it BAM. Uh, addressed hmm. the school student government to call for the conversion of the existing Eshelman Hall to a sanctuary for illegal alien students and community members, as well as to encourage the student government to send a political message to Donald Trump that, according to the meeting's minutes, BAM has uh, gotten at least 500 signatures in support of the initiative. That, according to a report from KNBC-TV in Los Angeles. that This is being reported as important news. This is important news that students want to have a sanctuary dorm on a sanctuary campus in a sanctuary state. All right. I wonder, I wonder if they'd be willing to let homeless people come and stay in this sanctuary dorm. Okay, wait, BAM national member Yvette Filarka told KNBC-TV, quote, here students at Berkeley are taking the lead and defending immigrants' rights from ICE and attacks from Donald Trump and to recognize that everyone in this community with or without papers belong here and have the right to be here. A judge has ordered Falarca to pay $20,000 to the conservative group Judicial Watch earlier in April after, after the activist and teacher filed what the judge termed an unreasonable and frivolous lawsuit against the organization Berkeley Side reported. UC Berkeley spokesman Dan Mogiloff. Don't they have regular names out in California? I'm just, I'm just saying. Anyway, told campus reform, what's wrong with a Smith, you know, or Wilson? Uh, told campus reform that he was not sure what the group would be expecting for the dormitory, given that Berkeley has repeatedly and consistently voiced its intent to create a safe space for illegal immigrant students. He referenced a 2017 statement issued by the entire University of California system in response to Trump's decision to end the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, okay, DACA, DACA. the statement announced UC's vigorous support for all our undocumented students and staff. They got staff. They got they got illegal immigrants on their staff, hmm. as well as its quote commitment to ensuring that UC continues to be a welcoming and supportive place for students, faculty, and staff from all backgrounds, unquote, and pledged to continue offering specific resources to illegal students, including counseling, financial aid, housing assistance, mental health, health resources, and research funding. This is the same campus where if you're Ben Shapiro or Ann Coulter or any other group of conservative speakers and show up on campus, they will attack you. I'm just saying. This is what we're up... This is 1984, folks, where words don't mean nothing. You can say them, but they they have no, no meaning anymore. None. Zip. Nada. Unless you say illegal immigrant, they know what that is. That's somebody who's Giving the finger to the man, you know, just saying that's the way they feel about it all. I will say that they look like they're probably more washed 
than they used to be in the past. Oh, they they, they used to be more. they they didn't uh, they didn't take showers often during the hippie days. You could walk in a group of them and just about pass out. So I guess we shouldn't tell them that. that yeah, we don't want to do it because I think in a, a lot of this is young people, millennials, that wish they hadn't missed the '60s when so many things were being protested about the Vietnam War and things of that nature, and they think they missed their calling in some way, and so this is their this is their moment to get. Maybe a rock and roll band, uh, you know, a, a sing a, a song about them. You know, come on, well, is, smile is, on your brother. Is, is this Everybody just, get together and let's all have love and harmony right is now. This, is this the hippies actually driving these people, these ch- kids to do this? Could no. be. I mean, that, that's that's the, the age of a lot of professors, yeah. I would assume, is, the, yeah. is they came out of the hippie Yeah, era. and they're trying to, to grab that youth again. We'll come back. Okay. We'll talk more about Living it. I think there's a lot. I think it's a lot of what we're talking about right now. There's a lot of validity and truth to it. I just, I, I believe it. The, these millennials don't think they have anything to live for. They've got everything they need, for God's sake. Think about that. Look at what they live with. They got the world in their hand and their smartphone. Mm-hmm. They've got their uh, the websites on Facebook. They, they can have their own YouTube page and and uh, you know live their life in front of everybody and have one of the most self-centered existences in modern history. I mean, it's it's amazing what they have, but it's all you know what it's all empty to them, Paul. Yeah. You know, when you got everything that you want, but you have no character and you and you have no principles, you have nothing. You have nothing when you feel like you can kill. A human being in the womb of a mother and nothing's going to happen to you? Mm-hmm. You have nothing. Right. You're morally when, bankrupt. When you can go out and have an abortion and you think you're just, you, you've done nothing wrong, but then you'll protest a dog. No, you think you've done right because it's, it's the, you're, you're <clears throat> sacrificing on the altar of yourself. The, the holy sacrament of the left? That's what it is, yourself. Well. These are the most self-centered people in the world right now. It's amazing. It's crazy. Pardon me. Let me not paint it with that broad of a brush. A majority of the millennials, that's exactly the way they are. A break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's right. I'm stimulating. <laughs> uh, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm just saying. Um, it's the saddest part for the youth today is because they have so much and it's like all you get to be fed is cotton candy and it won't fill you up it won't fill you up well i think one of those things is you know if we don't struggle we become ungrateful and we become we get self-centered we we, we get stupid and self-centered i think but i think i think part of one of the good things of life is to struggle. If we don't struggle, I think it it makes it hard for us to become as as good a people as as. And I understand that struggle and hardship is is not fun, but I think I, it really is good for us. I I learned more through the bad times than through the good times. Sure, I mean eating like you said, eating cotton candy and and um, 
and having everything nice for you all the time rots your teeth. It, well, it's it, it rots your body. It, it rots your soul. I think it, to, to, Thank to you just very much to just have life handed to Especially you. Especially when you think that all that you have is because of something that you did when you didn't have to do hardly anything and you got all of that. Well, and I think that's kind of been. I mean, you got a prosecutor in Dallas that says you can have seven hundred and fifty dollars or something, uh, and of not have to else's. Or, uh, somebody else's, and don't even well, have to worry about going to jail. And so, you know, I think it was Ron Paul that had a had a, a little saying. Maybe he had it posted on his desk or something. Maybe it said, "Don't steal." The government doesn't like competition. Apparently, in Dallas, they're okay with competition now. Hmm. I mean, could be. I mean, that's that's nuts. Hey, you don't, I'm just telling you, Paul, you don't want to criminalize poverty. Don't want to criminalize poverty. Not my term, the prosecutor's term from Dallas County in Texas. You know, there's, there's, I think there's a valid use for that statement from time to time with some of the, with the, some of the, 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 the legal system problems that we have, but this ain't one of them. You know, criminalizing theft is not an act of criminalizing poverty. Yeah, I, I don't call stealing stuff poverty. I call it just like you do. It's theft. Stealing stuff. Yeah, it's All stealing right. stuff. It's, it's a crime. <laughs> so and it, and it the is. fact is, you know, sometimes you feel sorry for somebody if they're stealing because they're hungry. But at the end of the day, it's still a crime and they should be held accountable. Now, you may not hold them accountable the same as you would for someone who was stealing because they were trying to buy a new um, Jaguar. But at the end of the day, they still need to be held accountable. All right. We got more to talk about. Three o'clock hour is five minutes away. All right. So Kevin Hassett, the critics of Trump's tax overhaul. If tax cuts didn't cause job growth, because, you know, that's what the Democrats are saying. Those tax cuts didn't do, you know, cause job growth. Was it the Martians, he says? Is that who caused all this? Chairman of the House, uh, White House Council of Economic Advisors, Kevin Hassett, claims President Trump's tax overhaul helped promote job growth, saying, the question I would ask the critics of the tax cuts, if it wasn't the tax cuts, and it wasn't our deregulation, which is the other thing they say it was, then what was it? Was it Martians? <laughs> Hassett asked the question uh, today. In response to Senator Bernie Sanders' comments during a Fox News town hall when the 2020 presidential hopeful urged President Trump to release his tax returns on the same day he released uh, 10 years of his own tax information. At the fiery town hall in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, sparks flew almost immediately as the Vermont senator defiantly refused to explain why he would not voluntarily pay the massive new 52% wealth tax that he advocated imposing on the nation's richest individuals. Oh, oh, oh. So it's so it's good enough for everybody else good if we can vote it into for the gander. if we can vote it into law, but in the meantime, you know, I'm I'm not going to do it. For his part, Hassett said, quote, the thing that I would actually if I had been at a town hall meeting with anyone who is a critic of our policies, the thing that I would remind folks and I think it's important to refo- remind folks now is that if you go back to 2016, the Congressional Budget Office, and it's nonpartisan, 
it forecasted what 2018 last year would look like. And they said that the economy that President Trump inherited would create 58,000 jobs a month. If you look at what we did last year, we created, on average, 206,000 jobs a month. And so there's this big, big increase in growth and job creation and wages that must be explained by something. He didn't ask if Martians or magic sauce were responsible for the dramatic increase in job well, creation. Well, that's probably what they think. Clearly, Democrats, it was magic sauce. It's global warming that's created all those that jobs. That might be That's got to be it. AOC global, would say that. Because the fact is, you know, global warming is an energy injection into the into the world economy. That's got to be the jobs. Now, President Trump's been his tax filing day in Minnesota touting the $1.5 trillion package of corporate and individual tax cuts he signed into law in 2017. When asked if he thinks the president will ever release his tax returns, Hassett said, quote, President will make that decision on his own, unquote. Okay, let me ask you a question. Zach, open up the microphone. This is a, I mean, the question I'm going to ask you is a little bit, what year were you born? 1992. Okay. This is a lot before <laughs> your, to, your, your, uh, your birthday. In what year, in what, what is the last year that a president was required to release his tax returns. Do you was know? It, I have no idea. Do you know, Paul? Was it ever required by law? That's a true that's a true statement, but there was a president who released his tax returns. Hmm. What year was it? Hmm. I mean, presidents are not required to l- release their tax returns any more than you are. Yeah. So what was the last year that a president, you know, just kind of released was his it, tax Was return? it Nixon? You're close, but before then. Before Nixon, wow. Well, it was Lyndon Baines Johnson. Wow. He 1963. Was the, he was the last president who Nin- actually released his tax Yeah, return. 1963. Wow. And even before that, they didn't. I don't know why everybody is fixated on this. That's the last time an actual president did it. There's been I, lots I don't of know, candidates I don't in the know meantime. Very much, but, yeah, candidates have. I think it's. I don't know. Some other presidents have done it. Okay, but I don't. Uh, they've they've done this, but uh, it's not required. It's not even normal, apparently. Yeah. Then uh, he added, "It goes back to the election. I think if the American people were concerned about it, he wouldn't be president." That's a simple. That's a simple answer, and it's true. If the American people were basing their vote on what Trump was claiming or not claiming on his taxes, and then he refused to put them out, uh, the people would not um, would not have voted for him. But they did. They did. Yeah. By the South, the South Bend mayor, who is now in, I I still not sure how you pronounce his name. Last name is like Butchett or something like that. I got to get a, a pronunciation on his on his um, his name. Do you got do you have a pronunciation on it, Zach? I don't. I'm just gonna say Buddy Gig. Yeah, Buddy Gig or something like that. Yeah, yeah like it's that. it's kind of like that. He said that, uh, you know, he was. Uh, well, let me get it exact. I want to get it exact because I can't say it the way he does it. Uh, it'd be better to 
read exactly what he said. Let's see. He made this statement. Okay, I gotta find it here now. Gotta look in my stuff. Here it is. Okay, come on up. Where is it? Just like it's in here somewhere. Give me a moment. I'm looking. I'm checking it out. I got okay, it. I just got on YouTube, and he said he pronounces it Buddy Jidge. That's how he pronounces his name. But uh, Buddy Jig. Yeah, Buddy Jidge. Yes. Buddy Jidge. Okay, that's that's almost too funny to say. Yeah. Uh, with that going on, Buddy Jidge. Here, where is he now? He said something. Oh, uh, he he said, I want you to listen to this, and now both of you can mention. I'll, I'll give you both a chance to say something about it. We can't say it's much of a democracy when twice in my lifetime the Electoral College has overruled the American people. Let me quote that to you again, all right? Now, remember, he's a Democrat, so you've got to cut him some slack. They're not the smartest people in the world. We can't say it's much of a democracy when twice in my lifetime the Electoral College has overruled the American people. So, Zach, after hearing that twice, what does that mean to you? I'm not going to lie. I was listening to this pronunciation on YouTube again. <laughs> okay, let me give it to you again. I'm, I'm going to read it to you again. Here, Here is what he said. I'm, doggone it. I lost it there. Quote, we can't say it's much of a democracy, speaking of America, mm-hmm. when twice in my lifetime the Electoral College has overruled the American people. What's he saying? He basically won it his way. Okay. Paul? At the, at the end of the day, I know what he's saying, but the, at, the, at the end of the day, a pretty small percentage of the American people actually vote for the president. Mm-hmm. What is it about? A third or less than a third of the population votes for the for the president, and the rest of the people have to go along you're with both, it. You're both you're both not listening to what he said. No, I understand what he's saying. The fact is that the electoral college is independent of the actual majority of the population. The the, the majority okay. of the we of can't the voters. we can't say it's much of a democracy mm-hmm. when twice in my lifetime the electoral college has overruled the American people. What what is not right about what he's saying uh, well some would say that it's, it's not a democracy it isn't <clears throat> in, in, in america Thank it's, you very it's, much. it's, it's a, not it's we a, do not have a straight up majority a democratic rule, republic mm-hmm. we do have a democratic democratically elected republic. so then you could you've got a legitimate bitch about the electoral college right if, if, if it, it was, was a true, straight up if it was a true democracy then you got a bitch but it's not. It's a democratic republic. Yep. And so we don't. With we don't, the electoral college use, being used to decide who our winner is. Electoral college is a is a th- sort of a throttling mechanism over the just straight up mob rule type fifty percent, fifty one percent. Do you want to live in a country where pitchforks and torches and guillotines are used, or in which the the process of the exchange of power is done in a logical way that you don't have to worry about the the minority getting their heads chopped well, off. That's the that's kind of the beauty of a of a 
of a um, constitutional republic is we have rights for people regardless of what the simple majority wants. The, the idea Thank is— Thank you very much. You know, I, I was— um, Some things we get to vote on is a simple up and down 51 And, and sometimes wins. sometimes that might be reasonable. You know, if, if, if we're going to decide which direction— cars travel on the highway, you know, 51% might be a reasonable conclusion. You know, we're going to drive, we're going to drive on the right side of the road versus the left side of the road. We need to figure out one, one of those directions or the other. We can't have both, but it doesn't really matter which we do. So long as we do, so long as we all do the same thing. So, but some, so some Pete issues are important. doesn't know what he's talking about, does he? And he wants to be president. Well, he doesn't even know what our country is about. And he wants to be president. And, and maybe he wants to, to fundamentally fundamentally change things but the thing is i think the the uh many on the left they want sort of a legalized theft types of type of society or they, or they want but to that's be slave not what we have well it's, it's what we're getting i didn't say that they're not <laughs> trying to make it that right. way no i know that's I'm not supposed that's to be not what we we're have. supposed to have a free society whatever that means to, to to whoever's alive now but we're supposed to be free as opposed to this, this notion that well we're owed everything and then there's some Apparently, some nut job prosecutor there in Dallas thinks that, that that people can should be allowed to steal food from a grocery store up to seven hundred and fifty bucks, and he ain't going to prosecute them. How is that anything other than you know we just stepped into the insane asylum? That's nuts. Anyway, bottom line. Let me read what he said again, Pete. B. I'm going to just call him Pete B. All right. Butter jig. Is that right? Butter jig? Booty jig. Buddha jig. Buddha jig. Yes. It's, <laughs> that's how he pronounces it. Do you like Buddha jig or would you rather I call him, you know, uh, Mr. Mayor B. Butthole? <laughs> should, is, is that what I should call him? I'm just saying. Anyway, he's so, look, he's wrong. We can't say it's much of a democracy. That's correct, because it's not a democracy. It's a republic, you fool. When twice in my lifetime the Electoral College has overruled the American people. I wonder how they feel about, you know, uh, Clinton winning the presidency without getting 50%. 50%. Does that count? Because the fact is that- He really didn't win the— you know, right. in less, a democracy. Le- less than a majority of the people wanted Clinton. How about that? Apparently. Huh? Less right, than a majority of the voters. Yeah. We got to get a break here. We're going to do a break. But, uh, booty jigs. See, booty, <laughs> booty jigs. Booty jigs. I got to have to pronounce that. I'm going to have to sit in front of a mom. I got to sit in front uh, of a mirror. be careful. Maybe you should just stick with Mr. G. say this about five or, or six times into the mirror. <laughs> And, and and have my phone there doing it for me and then repeat after it uh. and try to do it without laughing. I mean, seriously, it's amazing. All right, a break and more coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back. Really didn't go anywhere. We've been sitting here just waiting to not have the mics come back on so we could talk. Uh, they were talking about uh, Notre Dame, the cathedral. That's a sad story. I mean, when you think about it, the the, the cathedral Notre Dame is has been around for a long, long I think time. Is it the twelve hundreds? Yeah, it was amazing. 12, well, yeah, that would uh, you know 
you're looking at the uh, 13th century. That's what, uh, since it's been around, been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I guess a lot of people have already pledged, uh, pledged a whole lot of money. money. Yeah, to, I think I've heard hundreds of millions of dollars. Back, and that's good. So that, that's, that's cool. Uh, looking here, every time I hear that Jussie Smollett has lost another role, on uh, and this time on Broadway, it makes me smile. I mean, he Jussie reportedly is out as a lead in a show on uh, Broadway called Take Me Out following his alleged hate crime hoax and trouble with the city of Chicago. The uh, 36-year-old actor reportedly was being considered for the lead role that would have been his debut on Broadway in the Tony-winning drama, that's per the Daily uh, Mail. But sources with knowledge now tell the outlet he will no longer appear in the play despite charges being dropped against the Empire Star. Quote, everything we set to was set to go, and the producers were planning to announce that Jussie uh, and uh, Zachary Quinto were starring in the play last month, one Broadway insider said. Everyone was so supportive after the attack, and then suddenly any, everything shifted. Well, yeah, because it came out he lied about it all. He made it all up. He paid his buddies to pull it off. Here is a kid who is on a hit television show. Not anymore, it's not. And has made a name for himself and gets a chance of a lifetime. He would have come off the sixth season of Empire and kicked off the next leg of his career with a role on Broadway. And not just that, the lead role in one of the best plays of the century in his Broadway debut. Why on earth would someone throw that all away? Remind me, what was the play again? You should have asked uh, the Smollett why he did what he did that in turn caused him to throw it all away. He sullied his own reputation. How he did it. He's the one who's who sullied his own reputation. Smollett reportedly participated in a reading for the part just twelve hours before he claimed he was attacked on the streets of his home in Chicago by two men who he said threw a rope around his neck, poured a bleach like substance on him, and they also reportedly yelled racist and homophobic slurs at him, but at the end of The Chicago investigation police concluded the attack on Smollett was a hoax in an effort to raise his profile. He was arrested, faced 16 felony counts of disorderly conduct for making a false police report. Then last month, all charges against him were dropped by the state's attorney general's office, and she's in really deep kimchi now. And so, so if I recall correctly, they dropped charges sort of on a plea deal that he would pay for all the the costs? No, no. I thought, I thought he no. had to pay some money. Well, they're going to sue him for it. Okay. It's hundreds that, of thousands of dollars. I thought I thought that was part of his plea deal. He said, his, here's what his attorney said about that. You can't charge him. He's Jesse Smollett. That's what he said. He's Jesse Smollett. These things don't apply to someone of his caliber of acting talent. Maybe some of these people literally believe that they are royalty. It's unbelievable. I'm not, and that, and everybody knows I'm not making that one up. <laughs> They've been following that story for weeks now. 
So, um, looking here, what else we got here? Uh, wow. Okay, so a new poll shows that Ray Moore has a big lead in the Alabama Senate primary. Roy Moore? Yeah. You wow. Know, Roy, Roy Moore, the guy, you know, that they cool. called every name under the book. Yeah. Racist they, 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 they came out and, and all these um, apparently false allegations about um, sex crimes in his yeah. youth. The poll conducted by or Mason Dixon Polling and Strategy released today showed that Moore is leading a crowded field with 27% of the vote, followed by uh, Representative Mo Brooks at 18, Representative Bradley Byrne at 13, and Representative Gary Palmer at 11. Do they have a special election coming up, or what's the deal? Uh, the only candidates declare their intentions to run for the seat currently occupied by Democratic Senator Doug Jones are Byrne and former Auburn head football coach Tommy Tuberville. Tommy, can you imagine? Tommy Tuberville, <laughs> the head coach of uh, the Senate. Put him up, call. He'll call everybody in a huddle if he gets elected. <laughs> he'll call them in a huddle. Hmm. That's exactly what. Uh, Moore lost to Jones in a 2017 special election after several women accused him of sexually abusing them as minors. Moore still has never conceded his election loss and refuses to close the door in his political career career so keep that in mind all right we got to take a break then we got another half hour coming your way i got some tickets to give away to the travelers if you want to go see the travelers on uh, our station the answer and the travelers stay tuned all right back with you four tickets thank you to the travelers i got four tickets to give to a lucky winner the first caller right now, 823-0965, 823-0965. These are good for any 2019 regular season game, excluding the pyro in the park game. We don't have, can't get you in there to see that free. But the bottom line, four tickets for the 2019 regular season game, excluding pyro in the park. You redeem these at the box office, courtesy of the uh, folks at the Travelers and the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. And the phone's ringing. You don't have to wait for Zach to answer. He's already answered. Somebody has already won. I'll, I'll have another four to give away in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, during the 4 o'clock hour, we got special guests coming in. Looking forward to this because I want to talk to him. He, he was. We've had him on several times before the session, uh, the general session at the Capitol, to talk about bills that uh, he wanted to see passed uh, for ethics. And three bills got passed, and none of them. Uh, it, it, it looks like a, a toothless man looking at you with these bills that have passed. Uh, the ones that had real teeth in them and could take away their their retirement and stuff uh, didn't even get out of committee. So does this we'll mean talk that to Mark Johnson that some of these that. some of these folks that are maybe already in prison are still getting their retirement checks? I you know I don't know how that works. Well, I don't know how that works. I, I wonder if um, some I know that some people who are in prison get Social Security. I understand. Hmm. 
That's interesting. All right. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's anything in law that says that if you were, you know, uh, found guilty of, mm-hmm. you know, a felony or anything that you can't you, have your social security. Right. But it's, it's, uh, the, I think one of the, one of the interesting points of Mark Johnson's legislation, I, I, if I recall correctly, it actually, it wasn't just a general felony. It was a felony in the, in the in scope of your, your office, of in the scope office, of your office. Correct. And so it's basically, you know, if you'd, if you'd gone out and stolen a car, it wouldn't have had any effect on it. But if you're actually committing a felony within the scope of your office, yeah, I as think I've official. got the uh, article here in front of me. That uh, yeah, here it is. What does it say? It says uh, on March 25th, Johnson couldn't get a motion from any of the committee's 20 members for SB 52, which is a bill similar to SB 238 and applies to public employees. Uh, our primary concern, and this is a guy by the name of Carrero, I think is, is how it's pronounced. I'm, I'm not sure that's correct. I'll have to ask Johnson. Is that any forfeiture of retirement benefits can at times conli- uh, conflict with federal retirement law. There are ways for the courts to work with the systems to attach the assets once they come out of the plans and according to the system's it happens now. District Attorney General Daniel Faulkner, he'd be working for the Attorney General, uh, said, quote, we'll defend anything that is passed, but I do agree that Mr. Carrero has some valid concerns. So that's something that we'll talk to, uh, to Mark Johnson about. How would the federal government have any type of authority over a state a, a, retirement system? Yeah, I don't especially know. Especially for an elected official. Have no idea. Wow. Uh, committee actuary Jody, uh, Jody Carrero was skeptical that the bill complied with federal law. So we'll find out what Jody Carrero, Carrero I think that's how it's pronounced, uh, what he thought, because I don't believe that... Uh, Mark Johnson agrees with that assessment. He said the the biggest reason that they ran into problem, uh, he wasn't able to get SB 238, the bill to cut retirement benefits of elected officials convicted of certain felonies out of the retirement committee. He said it took forever to get actual uh, studies for the bill, the actuarials, uh, plus committee actuary Jody Carrero was skeptical that the bill complied with federal law. So we're going to have to find that out. I, I really want to find out what it is. It sounds like this uh, this guy was the fly in the ointment, so to speak. Wow. Slowed everything up. We'll have to see how that all works out. Yeah, I, I guess you know, at some point you could maybe make the argument that, well, if the if the crime only had a penalty of, of say, $10,000 and you're taking away their retirement, that that's a much bigger issue than um, just the crime. But the thing, if you're pass- passing a statute, then you're actually included in the statute, whereas the old um, um, see, asset forfeiture uh, items, laws, were, were not um, statutory in the same sense that someone is um, having to forfeit their, their retirement in, in cases of that. But it's, 
I don't know. It's, it's an interesting idea, but I, I'm I'm largely in favor of pretty severe penalties for elected officials when they engage in serious corruption. All right. Moving away from that because we I don't want we'll yeah, we I don't want to well sit here and talk out and and be saying things and I'm just totally wrong. I'll I'll wait, ask wait, my wait questions of the senator and let him tell us. Yep. Yeah, was it yesterday we talked about Disney streaming? All right, we were talking about that because they, they say in November they're going to offer their own streaming platform for $6.99 a month, and that's going to happen sometime in November. Story that just came out 20 minutes ago. Shares of streaming giant Netflix fell after the company delivered disappointing guidance for the fiscal second quarter, overshadowing strong subscriber additions for the first three months of the year. Now, I don't know about you, um, Zach, but I think this may have more to do with Disney, uh, you know, announcing that they were getting ready to get into the streaming competition yeah. in November. The Los Gatos, uh, California-based company delivered diluted earnings of 76 per share and revenue of $4.52 billion for the fiscal first quarter of 2019. Consist- uh, consensus estimates were for the company to deliver per share of $0.76 cents per share on the revenue of $4.5 billion. Netflix added 9.6 million total new subscribers in the first quarter of the year a 16% increase from the year prior and highest quarterly paid net ads in company history it includes 1.74 million new domestic subscribers and 7.86 million international subscribers. Consensus expectations had been for 8.94 million global net additions in the first quarter. And, um, Last quarter, the company added 8.8 million worldwide paying members. However, Netflix guided toward a deceleration in the pace of new subscriber additions for the fiscal second quarter, which historically has been a seasonally weaker quarter in terms of bringing on new paid membership. Mm -hmm. The uh, streaming giant said it's the second quarter paid net streaming additions of 5 million short of Wall Street's expectations for $6.09 million, which is uh, a, a representation of an 8% decline from additions in the year prior. So it's going to be interesting. Um, their share is still $345 a share, but it fell 4%. Netflix's latest earnings announcement comes as a host of major companies Disney, Apple, uh, Amazon, and a whole lot of other people now into the streaming business have put forth details for their own streaming devices and services. Both companies are world-class consumer brands, and we're excited to compete. The clear beneficiaries will be content creators and consumers who will reap the rewards of many companies vying to provide a great video experience for audiences, the Netflix folks, in a letter that was wrote to shareholders. So do I recall correctly that 
Disney cut off Netflix from basically all of their content? Uh, they will when they start so they, streaming. So they haven't done it yet. Well, I no, because I still see Disney movies. Uh, Disney, Disney movies I okay. still see some Marvel stuff. Yep. I still see some Fox stuff, but that's all going to disappear come November. Mm-hmm. So is is Netflix just going to crash and burn? Well, I don't think so, but I think their stock won't be worth three hundred and forty-five dollars right. a share. They'll still have their series, you know, the movies I mean, they, they make. Have, they still have There's a still reason other. to watch them. Exactly. Still other movies, not right. as much. I mean, look, I'm already. I've already told my my wife. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. I got grandkids, okay, and I can tell you right now, I will pay the seven dollars a month, six ninety nine, seven dollars <laughs> a month to have Disney. Yep. Mm-hmm. To Me be too. able to stream. And if they have a higher tier that lets me get in, quote, the vault, you know what I'm talking about when I say the vault? Kind of the better. Yeah. The better they, they take some of their historically great motion pictures like Bambi, mm-hmm. Snow White, uh, and others, and they put them in the Disney vault, mm-hmm. and they only bring them out to sell them again ever so many years. So it would be interesting to see if um, they're going to have a higher tier. They haven't yeah. mentioned it yet. I got to believe maybe at the beginning it won't, but once they have you roped in, they'll come up with another announcement and saying if you want the Golden Vault stuff, if you want to be able to see all the Marvel movies from when Marvel started or whatever, you're going to have to pay an extra $3 a month or something. So does that, I've never actually had Netflix myself, so does this this basically give you a catalog of movies that you can just see at any time or how does it well work? it does have a catalog mm-hmm. it's on on your screen but it's not all movies and it's not all of the movies that they have the ability to stream yeah they uh kind of roll they them turn them over okay. they turn it over uh so there may be so. two or three four hundred of them no there's available. probably probably more than that probably there's more than several that thousand at any one time them. but they're but they kind of but they may take certain movies out of rotation. Right. Okay, so they kind of have a a rotation where there there's a couple two, three thousand available right now, but in the in the rotation maybe several maybe tens of thousands perhaps. Yeah, probably change like maybe every few months or something like that. if not every month, because uh, Netflix always brings in new stuff each and every month and they take away a little. So, so make, maybe one of the Star Wars movies is available now, but in six months, a different one's going to be available. I think for something like Star Wars, I believe it's going to be on there all the time. All the time. Yeah, and something like that. Some of those movies may be on there all the time. Yeah. Shares of Netflix last Friday slid 4.5%. Now they've dropped, so they've dropped 8.5% since last Friday. <laughs> While Disney shares surged to all-time highs, after Disney announced that its new streaming platform, Disney Plus, would be priced at $6.99 per month or $2 less than Netflix's basic plan. Other competitors, CBS, All Access, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and YouTube TV, with other offerings from AT&T and Warner Media, NBC University, and Discovery, are all on their I can't wait to see the numbers for July when Stranger Things returns. Because I think, you know, people basically um, subscribe whenever that series returns. And then, you know, they do like Game of Thrones. Not you know, when it's HBO. Like, right. Exactly. You know, the exact same thing. When it comes back, okay, we'll subscribe. When it's not there, then, you know, they just don't pay for it anymore. Well, let me just say this. That for Netflix, yeah, who will have stuff of their own to put out. And by the way, go see Hellboy, the new one. <laughs> the guy who plays Hellboy 
is the sheriff from Stranger Things. He yep. does a great job. Uh, but anyway, it, it will be interesting to see how all of this plays out because now we're going to have all these content subscribers mm-hmm. and the weak out in this jungle yep. are going to be devoured by the strongest players. Yep, They'll start eating each other up. I would, would not surprise me to see Disney and Warner and Amazon mm-hmm. and maybe even Netflix itself. I don't know if Netflix has the the cash to do this, but to start going out and sucking up, you know, minor mm-hmm. competitors and make him part of their brand. Basically buying them up. Yeah, buy them up. And their prices may come down. Until and the prices may come yeah. down. That's what I'm saying. It's going to yeah. be a very interesting uh, few years. I mean, this is going to play out over a decade or right. so. It's well, going to take a while. I think that may be one of those things where market share, the bigger they get, the the, the better service they can offer to their customers. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that works and sometimes yeah, it right, doesn't. Right. I think cell phone service is one of those things where the, the bigger the company, the better services you can get sometimes. Seems that way. But Netflix has been on the top for a long time now. Yeah, but they haven't had to take on Disney mm-hmm. and Warner. That's a big... I mean, they've been... CBS Access has been out there. Yeah. But they've got... What did they have? They had the Star, Star Trek. Trek. Now they've got Twilight Zone, exactly, which no. is getting very big, big uh, ratings for being very, very good. Because was a Jordan Peele? Yes, he is, is behind it. it. He's the guy who directed Us mm-hmm. and Get Out and uh, Get Out. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm I'm kind of interested in somehow seeing maybe doing a month of CBS Access just yeah. so I can see a couple episodes of that mm-hmm. and see how good it is. And I don't know how much they're charging right now. I think you get that free month anyway, just like every oh, other. Oh, do you? Yeah, you get a free month with Netflix, Hulu, I believe. They probably so they're, do the same they're thing. doing the drug dealer thing and giving you a little <laughs> taste, huh? Get a taste of it. Find out what you want. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got to get a break in. Uh, State Senator Mark uh, Johnson's going to be in, with us in the next hour, but we got to pay some bills. Let's do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. I was just sitting here explaining to Paul. Paul's not a big consumer of television. No. Uh, I, I don't, I I don't have TV or or direct. I don't have cable or direct TV. Yeah, no, I've, I've watched uh, direct. I've watched direct TV since they started. It tells you since what was it, about nineteen ninety five ish. I think they came out. I've had them since they started, and uh, still have them. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I got to call them here this week because I want my bill lowered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll get it lowered because, and here's, I'm going to give you another hint, is the hint that I want to give you. If you want to, uh, here's, here's the, the key you need to do. If you want to get answered quickly when it says, what's your reason for calling? Cancellation. Say cancel. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to say. Just say cancel. They'll, they'll be to you within three minutes. That I'm just true. telling you. That it's the truth. That is true. And then I'll just say, you know, I want to talk. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about canceling. Or, and one way to scare that robot. Yeah, is. or say, going to dish. You know, you might get them in 10 seconds. I don't know. You uh, said what? You yeah. said, huh? What, what, huh? Did he what? say dish? You say boy uh, right now. <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, I got to talk to him because uh, I get irritated uh I used to do this with DirecTV, and then when they bought it out, AT&T bought them. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, they wanted me, number one, I love my, I love Verizon. Mm-hmm. Okay. My phone's on Verizon. That's my service connector. AT&T keeps coming back to me and saying, hey, we'll give you a really good deal on DirecTV. We'll take it down to about 
you know, $50, $60 a month, but you got to put your phone on AT&T. I hate their coverage. Yeah. It's not as good as, uh, you know, um, as uh, like pe- Verizon. Uh, yeah, Verizon that I have right now. I like Verizon. I've never had a problem with them. One thing I would say about um, Dish Network, which I have, is that, you know, they don't bring up their prices for, let's say, you know, Fox, they had this um, contractual um, disagreement or whatever. They tried to bring up the price, the price for Fox and at one time for CBS, and Dish Network would not budge. You know, we couldn't watch CBS or Fox, you know, for that week or two or whatever, but they wouldn't raise prices just for, you know, those two companies and, you know, make their customers pay more money, you know, per month. And so I give them credit for that. Now, Jan Morgan wanted me to tell everybody she's sorry she's not here today. And the reason is that she says, my Indian chief vintage, that's her motorcycle, mm-hmm. and I are somewhere just running the roads right now. I honestly forgot about today because all I saw was 71 degrees and it hopped on my bike and took off without a plan. So she's out there riding her motorcycle. Oh, you do, Jan? (laughs) She's on the telephone. Hey, Jan, how are you? Hey, Dave, how are you doing? Where are you right now? You sucking up a milkshake and a hamburger somewhere on your bike? (laughs) Hey, no, I eat light when I ride a bike because okay. there's nothing more miserable than, than be on, being on a motorcycle and getting bumped and not being able to stop somewhere. So, oh, no. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, but hey, so so how's it going today? It's going great. We, we've had a great time today. We, we've got a special guest coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We got, uh, well, he just walked in the door. Come on in, Senator. State Senator uh, Mark Johnson. Uh, Mark Johnson's going to come in, and we're going to talk about you? this whole ethics failure that happened in the last uh, legislative session. You know, they had six bills. They've only passed three. And the ones that had the biggest teeth didn't get out of committee. So we're going to talk about it. What a shock. What a total shock. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, Dave, we've really got to fix that. I'm going to be speaking in Craighead County at the Republican Committee in a few weeks. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about is our Republican Party platform and how we're supposed to be the good guys, and we should have passed ethics legislation. There's, you know, every time that we try to put something up there to deal with the ethics issues we have in our state capitol, it gets snuffed out. Um, so we're going to have to do something about that if we want people to consider us the good guys. Okay, so what town are you going to be in in Craighead County? Uh, Jonesboro. You're going to be up in Jonesboro. Jonesboro. Okay. Yeah, April April twenty third. I'm speaking at the Republican County Committee meeting. So okay. uh, that's what uh, Monday night. No, that's Tuesday night. Tuesday this is night. Why I won't be, I won't be with you next Tuesday because I'll be up well on my way to Jonesboro. Okay. Time, so. Very very yeah. cool. All right. So okay. we'll tell people. Well, I'll get the information. Tell them how they can get tickets so they can go up there and hear you speak. Appreciate you. We got to run. Nope, oh, we lost. Okay. Yeah, yeah, boom. She's rolling down that long, lonesome highway. And if you know what song that comes from, you're too old. So Dave Ellswick <laughs> Show, back after the news. All right, let's go into the 4 o'clock hour. I'm happy uh, to tell you that sitting in the studio with us is uh, State Senator Mark Johnson. His first general session 
over at the uh, Capitol. It's in the books. And I remember when we had him on and when I found out he was going to run, and he told us that he was going to run on building trust in government again. And part of that trust in government was to fight against the, the, cor- the corruption that we had seen over the last years. And he had some ideas in mind, and he shared them. And I got excited because I thought they were very, very good ideas. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Mark. I thought that what you told me you were going to run, you would have no problem, whatever, to get it through the committees onto the floor of the Senate, and then over to the House and the same thing and have them passed and sent to the governor for his signature. When, in fact, the way it ends up, you got 50%, and the other 50% is nothing against what you were trying to do, but half of them, I felt, were really good bills, but they didn't have a lot of teeth, and we talked about having to have teeth to get rid of it, and then you brought the teeth out in the next bill's and those are the bills that they balked on. Exactly right, Dave. Thank it, you for having me. I've, yeah. I've, I've cooled off a little bit about it. I, 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 I noticed in the paper that I was quoted over the weekend, and uh, Mike Wickline interviewed me, and, and I said I was kind of disappointed. I, I got to thinking, oh, gosh, I really played it down, didn't I? I said, I'm, <laughs> I got, I'm the, I got disappointed. the story right here. There it is. Yeah. Isn't that I what I said? It. Take a look. Kind of disappointed. I think that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. It, it was something in that order. Where was it? It said... Uh, Johnson said, quote, he's, quote, kind of upset. Kind of upset, Unquote. That he wasn't able to get SB 238, the bill to cut retirement benefits of elected officials convicted of certain felonies out of the retirement committee. It sure sounds like to me they didn't want to deal with it, Mark. Well, let me me kind of give you a timeline of how all this happened. Um, I filed the... uh, previous version of, of Senate Bill 238 uh, back before the session started. I know. I pre-filed. It was Senate Bill 52. Right. And uh, literally the next bill filed was Senate Bill 53 by Senator Gary Stubblefield, which was similar to mine. <clears throat> uh, Gary and I talked, and and he sort of let me take the lead on it, and I think now he may wish he hadn't, <laughs> but, but it's certainly not Gary's fault. And I, But I want to tell the story. There was a point where – uh, several other senators approached me and said, and a bipartisan group included mm-hmm. uh, uh, the uh, the president pro tem Jim Hendren and the the minority leader uh, uh, Keith Ingram, and said, you know, we like this, we think it's a good thing, but we want to make it okay, part wait, of our package. Wait, wait, wait. Let me say this. All right, <laughs> they came up to him and they said, you know, we really like this. Then they said the magic three letter word, but. Hmm. Well, here here was what they wanted to do, and they didn't. I had thrown everybody into Senate Bill Fifty Two. If you were the dog catcher or the governor, or yeah, I like the guy it. that works at the little at the DHS office. If you've been elected, no, no, even and even other a, public appointments, okay, public public yeah. servants public, public that employees. are in the bureaucracy, you know, state employees, that if you. If you commit a felony in the line of duty, now that's a lot different than someone that's out. You know, if you're out somewhere and uh, uh, you get in a fight with somebody and they die and you're guilty of manslaughter, that had nothing to do with your official duties. Uh, But basically, we're talking about fraud and financial fraud and stealing from the taxpayers. That's that's what this was all about. So uh, they asked if I would. They wanted it to only be about the the uh, 
package bill, if you want to call it that, about uh, uh, elected officials. And <clears throat> and rightly so. They said, we want to show we're, we're cleaning our own house. We're not right. going after every little state employee that, you know, missteps or something. And I basically said, well, that's fine, but I'll do a separate bill to uh, address that. Address that. As a matter of fact, what I did was, was amended Senate Bill 52, my original bill, to go back and put in all of the the elected officials that weren't covered under 238. Well, uh, I learned a lot about the process that I really didn't know a lot about. First of all, anytime you do something like this, it goes to the retirement committee. Okay. And the retirement committee is a joint committee. It meets once a week, and it meets over in the big room at Big Mac, uh, the room A, you know know, the one where the legislative council and joint budget meets. That, may, that must have been the place that House was spending all his time during the legislative session. Well, at one time, it, it, it certainly was. and uh, But the, the problem was that uh, uh, by only having one meeting a week, there, there's two slowdowns to the process, anything that's called a retirement bill. One, it, the committee only meets once a week. And as you know, Dave, oftentimes committees will meet two, three, four times a week if yes. necessary. Uh, Senator Alan Clark was having judiciary meet late afternoon, and he was very proud of the fact that they kind of kept their calendar up to date. But that's because they had a lot of meetings. Well, and it, it shouldn't be that many retirement bills, but be that as it may, we got uh, uh, it got sent there. And then what happens, anything that affects the retirement systems has to be reviewed by the actuaries that work for the individual retirement systems. I can see what's coming already. Well, uh, actuaries are... They're you know, bean counters. Well, they're not only bean counters. They, and in this case, they're usually their CPAs, and they, they know the Internal oh. Revenue Code. And they their job, like your lawyer or your tax advisor, is to give you the worst-case scenario and say, Dave, now you can do this, but... You know, I would not sure that that particular uh, deduction you're thinking about taking yesterday was would stand up and audit. So just be forewarned. Well, and again, I appreciate the job that, that actuaries they're working for a pension plan. That's what they're doing. Their their clients are the the, the people that are participants and members of the pension plan. But we're not talking about <clears throat> quote their plan. We're talking about one person, or how many felons you you would hope it wouldn't be many that are using that plan and how you can take that plan from them. You know, Dave, the uh, the question came up is that, you know, you think I started this out as a simple concept. I notice you have over here on the wall that life is just a series of incentives and disincentives. That's exactly I, did you, right. Did you get that from me when I was on I your did. show last time? Yeah. That was what I'm saying is, is that you have incentives to – to do the right thing, and if you're in a government job, whether you're an elected official or uh, someone that just started working at the revenue office for DFNA, uh, you have a series of incentives and disincentives. You do a good job, you get promoted, you move mm-hmm. up, you make more money, and that's the way the system's supposed to work. And then we have disincentives like if you steal from the state, we're going to fire you at least. Yeah. And then we're going to prosecute you. The incentive you. of that is that you'll get more money. The disincentive is they're going to catch you sooner or later, and then you're going to go to jail. Well, or, or in some cases, they might, you might get promoted to a different position. And preferably <laughs> lose any long-term benefits, such as a pension that you Thank have. Thank you. Which would make sense on some level because... Ah, 
There's your problem. Oh, it makes sense. sense. You're making Sorry. sense again. Okay, now, go ahead. Now, remember that uh, everyone has their own uh, little area that they have to, to deal with, and they don't get to look at the broader picture like a right. senator and a governor does or a House member. So they looked at this and said, well, you know, if you, you do something that the IRS doesn't like related to these pension plans, they could declare the pension plan was no longer tax-deferred, which would obviously be a very bad thing. Yes. But what they seemed to ignore, and I actually brought this but with me. Let right? me just say this. Yeah. It would be a bad thing because you couldn't put your money into the account without taking the taxes out, which are at an all-time low right now. And so when you take the money out, you're going to pay higher taxes on it. Well, but you're, the whole idea is that, that you only, I you only what pay, you're it, you pay the taxes as you take the money out I of gotcha. pension. But, and also, uh, well, we want to get into the – everybody knows general, generally how, how pensions work. And, and, each, and we have multiple pension plans. We have highway department, state police, local teachers, police and fire, everybody. teachers, and, and then APERS, Arkansas Public Employee Retirement System, right. which is basically everybody else. Uh, but here's, here's what I did when I started the research on this. And this is using 2015 data. So this is four years old. It may be more than that. 26 of the 50 states have public pension forfeiture laws. Mm-hmm. So over half the states. And I don't know if how many were added since, since okay. this time. So I felt like we could do this. I don't see why you can't. And then you get into certain things. Okay. So what 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 would you do? Do you make it any felony conviction? Do you a felony related to your official duties? Uh a violation of the public trust, which if you're stealing taxpayers' money, I think we can even all stipulate that, yeah, that would be a violation. I think of the so. Uh, and then the okay, how much forfeiture? Okay, would you lose everything? Would you lose uh what you paid in without interest? Would you lose lose everything except what you paid in plus interest uh could that be garnished to take cover any losses or uh, expenses uh, or well even the 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 you know if you have a fine mm-hmm. and the court says you owe this much money whether it's restitution or a fine it's a debt to the court right. could the court come in and garnish that and, and actually they they can but uh, but that's on an individual case basis and it's not spelled out in statute um the uh I have a lot of trust in the courts being able to to take care of that side of things. But from an actuarial standpoint, the only thing that could possibly happen is there's one less member of the system. That's right. That's what I was trying to point out. Which would make it, I mean, ostensibly, if you've got a million and one members and you cut it to a million members, then that should make the system a little stronger. More more solvent. I mean, relatively speaking. So basically what you would would do is it would be the equivalent of the person dying. Yeah, for, from as far as it, the, it the, is. the as far as the and pension the system goes. is based on people dying. Sure, because and I won't steal uh, Representative Doug House's thunder, but he has studied this, and you know, part of our problem with pensions and even social people security, don't die soon enough. Exactly, you know, when I, I I've turned sixty five in a couple of weeks, Dave. And, you know, when you and I were young, people 65, those people were... They were pushing up daisies. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> now people are expected to live to 90 or so. And yeah. and the the, uh, the upshot of that is all these pension plans and Social Security and everything else just don't they, go as far. They, not need, even, they need people to kick the bucket. It, it, yes, actuarially speaking, yes, that's yeah. true. And, and 
But back on why why we're here on this is it's back to being a, a disincentive to being naughty, and I you know we you know I, I personally the, one of the most abhorrent things on earth to me is someone who has been given a position of trust, certainly an elected official, and misuse it and misuse it. That's just unconscionable, and the fact that we would even barely tolerate that, much less figure out a way. But I had I had members of the general assembly that said, well, I only want them to lose what they earned if they while they were in the legislature if they were over here and worked in this other state job before they came to the legislature i wouldn't want them to lose that part i'm thinking well, why not you know i mean it's they, they violated the trust That's and once right. again you can lessen their exposure or you can raise the exposure and i i use the analogy when we were working at it if uh if you get out here and drive down 630 at, at 85 miles an hour, you know, you get a ticket. You pay a couple hundred dollars fine. If the cops there catch you, say, yeah. Yeah. But if you set the fine at, if you drove 70, you'd get a fine of $10,000. People slow down. Yeah. Sure. Drastically. Or they wouldn't ever stop when they got chased. Well, either one. There's that. <laughs> In both cases. Right. Paul, or, they'd start, or they'd start shooting cops with but, it. But, but the fact is you that, can't outrun their radio. that it's, a, it's a matter of... Uh, Again, disincentives and how strong are the disincentives. And and we're not trying to put people away. We're not trying to take their pension away. We're trying to stop corruption, mm-hmm. just like you're trying to stop people from speeding. Yeah, so the, goal, you, the goal is not to pad the pension system. The goal is to stop the corruption. Exactly. And uh, I, I get. I felt like it's the, the – uh, uh, and I'm not going to blame the actuaries. They did their job. They, they reported on how is this well, could do this, and – you know, the IRS could say that, and, you know, there could be a loss. Of course, there's always going to be a lawsuit because as long as there's lawyers, there can always be a lawsuit. <laughs> but the, the the disappointment to me was that the members of the committee were, I guess, so intimidated by that, they didn't feel that we should do anything. And is I, there any indication in the other states that do this? Do they get sued? Do, this, do the litigants win? And, again, it's a lot of variables, Paul. Mm-hmm. It goes back to, and I, I, I amended this bill a couple of times. First, my first version was, no, hell no, you don't get any money back. Well, they come back and said, these people got paid, and they paid, they contributed to the pension plan. That's their money. They have a property right in that. And while I, again. There's, a, there's an argument there. There is an argument there. And I, and I, I the other thing I had in there was uh, that if you were pardoned, you still didn't get your pension back. And they said, no, Mark, you can't do that. <laughs> a pardon is a pardon, and it's like it you know, the, the expunges the record of the, of the conviction. Well, the pardon would have to, I think, would have to deal with that, though. If you were pardoned, the governor would have to say, you know, pardon from blah, 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 and is entitled to all previous yes. whatever. And, and there is precedent on that, I, I learned. Okay. If you, if, so if I if I steal your car and I get pardoned, does that mean I don't have to pay for your car anymore? Are you actually do I actually get well, pardoned from the accountability? The, we're talking about the criminal aspect versus the civil aspect. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're not pardoned by the governor from the, the damages you did to me. So, but, so I, would have to, I would still owe that. So so there's even a decent argument that even a pardon wouldn't justify the the thug from not being required to pay back what he owes to the people he stole it from. And and in many cases, again, going too far off in that tangent, right. the uh, pardons and parole people that are on the, part, the board of, of pardons, and, and they 
uh, and they go to the, they turn to the governor and say, Mr. Smith here, he has made full restitution. He's paid his debt to society. He's paid his debt to the victim. He's been, Part, he's been good, and so now we would recommend that he be part. And that's right. and that's what it's supposed to be. All right, we got to take a break. Got to get a break in because we're 24 minutes into the hour already. State Senator Mark Johnson is our our guest, and I hope we didn't make you seasick a moment ago when we moved the camera so that we could <laughs> see Mark really well instead of Paul's big head being in front of him. So the bottom line, we're going to come back in a moment because I got some questions to follow up here because I. I'm hoping that Mark's going to tell us this isn't dead yet. We'll talk about it when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride. State Senator Mark Johnson is our guest. He's the state senator from the Maumelle area. And a whole lot more. A whole lot more. But uh, that's just to give you a kind of a general five idea. counties, parts okay. of five counties. Just a general idea, and we've been talking about ethics, and he brought forth a lot of ethics bill. But when it came to the ethics bills that have teeth, he ran into kind of a brick wall. With that in mind, uh, are are you bound and determined to be working on this for the next two years so you're ready to go in 2021? Well, Dave, I had asked the bill be referred to interim study. So we'll have a hearing. We'll flesh this out without the uh, pressure of trying to get it to the floor and pass. We can actually study it, maybe have more than one uh, meeting to discuss it, but bring in some experts, provide some uh, testimony, mm-hmm. such as this study that I did that shows that 26 states have a some kind of a, of a forfeiture provision of, for pensions from the crooks. And that's what they are. They're crooks. We... Uh, we had another we indictment of another former senator. Yep. Uh, this this week, it's you know, it's you keep thinking you see it, and then they bring in another. And I think I, I hear rumor, like everyone else, that there's more coming. I I think there's more shoes to drop. And I, 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 I think we'll we'll see that. And but but regardless of that, I go back to something that happened a long time ago, and that okay. was the the. Go ahead. I need you to hold your thoughts. Sure. Hold we're going to pick it up after the news, oh, which we're going to hear right that. now. Okay. Great. All right. Back with you. We continue our special uh, hour with State Senator uh, Mark Johnson and uh, You know, from the word get-go, when he announced he was running, to the time he was running, to after he was uh, elected and was a a senator, what was the title that they, before you were a senator, senator, you were senator-elect, and then he was uh, sworn in, he wanted to uh, attack this this, uh, corruption that was going on at, uh, amongst elected officials, and he did. And he was surprised at some of the pushback he ran into. You know, one of them, David, I was we were going in the break, I was going to mention, I had actually had, and, and I'm not saying they were per se absolutely wrong, but I had colleagues that said, well, gosh, that could hurt their family. And I thought, well, if you use that criteria, you'd never send anyone to prison. You'd never do anything because all those people down at the Department of Corrections it hurts their family. Well, see, that, that, my father always taught me 
if you do something wrong, it has repercussions beyond just yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I if I went out and committed murder right now and I end up in prison for the rest of my life, who's going to mow the grass for my for my widowed mother? That's right. I mean, who's going to take care of her driveway? Who's going to who's going to keep the burglars from breaking into her house? Uh, and, and who's going to scare them off? And bottom okay. line. There's repercussions. There are. For your there behavior. are reperco- repercussions. The fact no, and is not that just prison. That's right. exactly right. right. Yeah. And Absolutely. I, and I, I and give, again, Dave, we go to that thing you put on the wall. It's a series of disincentives and disincentives. And there are people Carrots and that sticks. love people in their family so much that they would not do something they shouldn't. Well, they think about that. Instead of just thinking about them. I would not well, want my mother to be disappointed in me or I didn't right. would not want my uh, uh, family it, to do without because I made a stupid mistake right. is that okay, one of the well, main reasons why why males or men shape up when they get married because they have more responsibilities and and they don't that's how it's supposed to work well it doesn't always, <laughs> it work, it doesn't that always work that way but i think it's a major tendency well, let's, let's not it's let's, a destiny it's a journey not it's a destiny. Yeah, let's not, <laughs> let's not uh, chase that rabbit for too long because i want to get back and talk yeah. about what we're talking about here so that would tell me that you say interim study. Does that mean something can be made into law even if the you know the se- sessions no, not can't be made into law, but it could be refined in a manner so that you know it's going to go it, through. Well, we get it palatable. We we have people uh, put it through the the tests of of, of uh, time. You know, you keep applying the the fire until you refine it exactly to, to and, and it's it, a lot of legislation i've always said that if when we go into session out there that if you could eliminate the unintended consequences we could have a 30-day session <laughs> because someone says hey that's a great idea let's do a bill and they say yeah i like that let's do that and then the third person comes in do you yeah, realize about, how that about you, this? yeah you've screwed something up over here and mm-hmm. oh yeah i guess that's right so we have to amend it and that's it's true that's with what blr is supposed to do isn't well it? but they can't always see things from the eyes of different, and some of them are what, it's a bad word, but it really shouldn't be, it's special interests. Right. Uh, you can you can have a, an organization that is adversely affected, and no one ever meant to have an adverse effect on that certain segment of, of society. But, and and uh, that truly can be a reality, too. And just the, Well, and that's why we have hearings. That's why we have uh uh, opportunity for public, both the organized public, which means lobbyists, and the not so organized public, which is people like Paul that show up and give their opinion, and and equally we can listen to those, and that and that's a good thing. But uh, in a case like uh, these particular, and I'll, I'll put all the ethics bills in there. You know, it's we have to overcome some of the inertia within the bureaucracy itself. Well, the inertia you talk about, all right, and I talked about it during the session because after since I've been there so long at so many of these uh, general uh, sessions that go on, here's what I notice. You guys get to be friends, and a lot of times you don't want to hurt your friends, and something you might be voting on might hurt a friend. And sometimes you vote against things that might hurt a friend. Sometimes you vote for because they are your friend. And that in and of itself causes a form of inertia. I think you're right, Dave. And I think it's also uh, uh, when you hear from a a colleague that you not only like, but you trust. Yeah. You say, this is a good person. And uh, and I'll give, I won't call his name. You know him, but uh, a friend who's a 
a senator. He, he carried a lot of bills, and he'd get up there. And my default is that you know if he's carrying this bill, it's it's probably it's got to be good. It's got to be, or he's a good person. He yeah. wouldn't carry a bad bill. Well, right. He carried some I just didn't like, yeah. and I voted against him. But you know you 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 tend to do that. Then there are others, and I'm not. And you know, and, and not not because they're good. They not good rub, people. they rub you the wrong way, man. Well, and, and not take take the personality part out. There are some that are carried by the other party, uh-huh. by someone who I think the world of and consider a friend, but they don't see the world through the conservative eyes that I do. And right. when they bring a bill forth, I look at it a little more carefully. It doesn't mean I couldn't vote for their bill, but it's like, well, if he's for it, it's probably some liberal thing so i need to at least look yeah, very because careful what is you know he he belongs to xyz party right and you know that what their platform is so you look at it with a little bit of a jaded eye exactly and i had i've had people that uh, in the other party that would when we had a pro-life bill come on the floor and they made the statement that it's it's a, that it's unconstitutional because it limits abortion and i this, usually it's best just not to say anything, but sometimes you want to jump up and ask, uh, Senator, please tell me where, where in the, the Constitution, Constitution the word abortion appears, because I haven't found it in there anywhere. It's in that ex- it's in that the the additional the supplement to the Constitution. Well, I, I don't I don't buy into that, and I we could we could spend the whole rest of the hour talking about that. But the fact is, you're right, Dave. People, you do have people you trust and you you listen to, and but that doesn't mean you're knee jerk to there. But uh, uh, again. And that's part of the process. I'm sure it's always been part well, of the process. Well, when you're in the fires of battling to get something passed and this person or that person has spent a long time with you, battling with you, you build up a, a little bit of respect and and admiration for them and things of that nature. And sometimes. Just the opposite. <laughs> well, but, but sometimes, Dave, uh, you also have uh, someone who uh, – you need their vote on the bill that you really want to get your pension bill out of mm-hmm. the retirement committee and, and stop these crooks from getting their pensions. And, you know, they need help on some bill that, frankly, you could care less about one way or the other. And you you, you have a tendency to, to help them get their bill going so you can get yours going. Gotcha. And, and, and that you can call that, you know, back scratching or whatever. But uh, log rolling. Yeah. Well, but, but choosing not to sometimes. burn bridges is valuable because sometimes. Maybe there's something. Very good point, Paul. Yeah. And, and you know, anytime you're, you know, and I, I try to remind people that are uh, up there working on one issue that uh, the person that you really are disappointed in and didn't support your bill is the one that's going to come back next week and help you get it right, out. Right, right. And I've had cases where the, the 17th and 18th vote on a bill was someone I didn't expect to support me. So uh, you, 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 you can't judge people by one or two votes or even even series of votes and also people change people uh, their attitude i know people that have not been in the legislature a long time and I've, I've watched them get better uh they whether it was a change in their heart or a more understanding of things uh they, they became much better legislators than when they first showed up, which, again, and I'm not going to talk about term limits, but it's almost an argument to at least keep there. I've also seen people that became corrupt. They got I don't worse. even have to call names. <laughs> yeah. You you know who they yeah, are. Yeah, we've seen it happen. Yes. And some of them were really good friends of mine, and I would have never thought they would have done what they've done. Nick Wilson came to the Senate as a reformer. Just remember that. 
and he's now synonymous with with the corruption. word corruption. And but he came to the Senate, I think, in seventy one, seventy three, along as a as a uh, crusader um, against he corruption. Was, he was a, one of the young Turks to try to clean things up. So, yes, things can happen. All right, the dark side. When they start flashing money at you, you'd be surprised at how character will crumble. A break, and then we got more. We'll finish it up. Our guest, State Senator Mark Johnson. I want to go back to the interim study and talk to him about that when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. That gives me chills up my spine every time he says stimulating. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you. Senator Senator Mark Johnson is here in the studio with me. And uh, we've, we've got to finish up our conversation. Before we do, though, i got another four-pack of tickets to go to see the Travelers. And so if you would like four tickets for the Travelers, be the third caller, 823-0965, 823-0965. Let me just read this right off this uh, form. It's good for any 2019 regular season game, excluding Pyro in the Park. Got to pay for those fireworks, folks. That, that that fireworks show is bigger than the one they do over the, the river on the 4th of July. Just know that. Bottom line, I'll give you let you go see any other uh, game. Again, be the third caller, 8230965, and I'll give you four tickets to go see the Travelers. Courtesy of the Travelers and Dave Ellswick Show, thanks to the Travelers. We appreciate them. Get yourself one of those uh, beef hot dogs or, starting this year, Shotgun Dan Pizza oh, at wow. the ballpark. Great. Yeah, that's some of the best pizza around. All right, so you say interim study uh, so that you can refine the bill. And we'll have a hearing, and the public can come in and testify, and uh, I will make every effort to bring in some experts. I guess somebody yeah. can see the air quotes here yeah. that can talk about it. other than the, the, the ones that are already tied in, like the, the – plan actuaries and the but committee do, staff. do me a favor bring in some of these uh folks from these other states that have this already on the books but do it by skype don't make them come here to do it just skype them in use technology and save everybody a whole lot of hassle and money well i don't think we actually have them even have them even have to skype in we just want their printed information we want their written testimony we say we we did this and it worked and the irs did not shut the state down and they didn't, did not jeopardize the pensions of the other members of the system and and all those things and i i really i don't want to say it's a red herring but i, I think it's a flimsy excuse oh i agree with you and, and you know these people are criminals and if you say okay you can't take away what they paid in I'll stipulate to that. If you say, oh, you, you can't not allow it to be expunged by pardon, okay, I'll give on that. Oh, and you've got to give them the interest on what they pay. Okay, it's their money. I don't like it, but, hey, that's okay. But can you, you stop the, the taxpayers' money from and, and continuing the other, to go? And the other uh, members of the system's money paying it. Because remember, those other people are contributing. Yeah. And, and some of those systems and they're going to die before underwater. they collect their and that's the money that goes into the whole pot for all this so uh, i'm uh, i guess i'm just not sympathetic 
to especially Criminals. elected officials who have violated <laughs> the public trust. And what what greater violation of the public trust could there be is taking a bribe related to public money and legislation. Well, let me just throw it out this way. It's like going to that prosecutor down there in Dallas now that's going to make it uh, easier for you to go out and shoplift because you got to break a $750 threshold or he's not going to he's not he's not going to prosecute you because he doesn't want to criminalize poverty. Poverty. <laughs> well, you don't want to criminalize politicians. How's that? Well, that's one way of looking. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I, since we're we're you know we had this tragedy in, in Paris, you know we we lost a, a beautiful thing of Notre Dame Cathedral, and uh, and you, I can't help but think about Victor Hugo, and of course causes you to start thinking about Les Misérables, and you know somebody got a loaf of bread. We don't spend the rest of our life going. On. But the other thing is, if you let everybody steal all the bread they wanted, then right. bakers be would no go bread. out of business. Right. And, and, exactly. and that right. was an interesting story. The fact is, yes, it was wrong for him to steal, but his punishment made the government into the criminal side because they overpunished him. That's true. That's, that, well, that, that's that's such a uh, thoughtful story, but Here's here's where I want to come back to this, this interim study no. thing. Uh, years ago, we used to say that, that sending a bill to interim study was putting Death. it in the black hole of Calcutta. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really not true anymore. And I, I look at things that have been done through the years. It took several sessions for them to become law. And uh, a friend of mine years ago was uh, Senator Bud Canada from Hot Springs. Just a super nice guy. And Bud was absolutely obsessed with the idea that we shouldn't tax people's groceries, their food, with the sales tax. We just shouldn't do it. <clears throat> and sadly, the revenue from that was built into the system so much that the state really depended on it. And and for a long time, the, little, the dirty little secret was we collected sales tax off of people's food stamps and so the federal government was shifting money to the states. Well, the feds got wise and stopped that. So it, it, we gradually, and of course you were involved in an effort on that, but now we're just about the point after, this was 30, 40 years ago that, that Bud Canada was working on. We're about to get to the point where we're not going to be taxing groceries. And it, I was lucky enough to have Bud on. What oh, a, you were? Yeah. Great. What a great guy. He was just a, a wonderful and He was a Democrat, wasn't he? he was a, all, they were all Democrats. Yeah, well, yeah, then, back in the day, yeah, they were. Did you know that he was he was quarterback of the Razorbacks? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. That's interesting. He was a, on one of the famous teams in the 50s that, that I think the one that went to the Cotton Bowl. I'm, I'm with, you know, I'm with Carl Kimball and everybody that worked on that, and the bottom line was that it it's just, to me, uh, immoral the government exactly. to take the first bite out of your food dollar. Well, but I only use that to illustrate that people say, yeah, that, that shouldn't be that way, but now how do we get from here to there? Well, of course, now that Republicans are in office, one of the things we got to look at is, heaven forbid, we might actually cut some spending somewhere. Yeah, cut spending. Help. And that is a, that's hopefully in the next session can be part of the the direction that we go instead of you know, I mean, we, we cut some taxes, we raised some others, and we moved some things around, but uh, there's no reason why we can't take some serious looks at the overall spending thing and then cut some more taxes. I agree wholeheartedly with that, and I'll be at the next session 
Let me. I, let, that brings me up to another question. And the next time that you all meet, which is 2021. Well, that's in a general session. But remember, yeah. fiscal session yes, is about spending as well as it's about taxes. I, we can, I understand that. We could look at some some ways to cut. In the, that, I mean, to me, if if we don't do that in fiscal session, then we're missing the great opportunity to do so because uh, uh, otherwise we just rubber stamp what we did for the previous fiscal year. I just want you to talk a little bit, a little political theory with me, okay? Yeah. Let's just go to 2021. President's been elected the whole nine yards. We you, hope. Yeah, you all, you all have been uh, are together again, and. The governor is going into his final general session. Do you think he will not be given the nod as easy because he's the lame duck governor? And does and do the elected officials start looking two years forward to the person who's going to be running and they think will be the next governor of the state? You know, that, that's almost a case-by-case case and an individual-by-individual individual basis, Dave. Uh, on one hand, there could be this, well, this is Governor Hutchinson's last session, and mm-hmm. we don't want to do anything to, to hurt him. Let's not embarrass him. Something like that. Yes. There could also be uh, uh, the governor might, and again, would not. I'm not speculating on anything I, I know about. I'm just using a for instance. Uh, he could step forward with some, initiative that he might not have tried to do in his first term just kind of as a he's on his way out well i might as well i've always wanted to do this so let me try give something it a try and yeah. everybody goes uh no and it could be something that's <laughs> uh you know and that's not to say that that there couldn't be something that he would see as as politically courageous and others would say yeah it, maybe it needs to be done but well i'm glad you're doing it not me it, it's hard to speculate <laughs> on that but uh I see what you're asking. The real questions you're asking is, is wh- wh- where is a lame duck? Where does that fit in the equation? Yes. And the answer is that uh, depends on the duck. I thought that uh, Governor Beebe was a relatively strong governor in his last uh, session. He was. And uh, he, you know, of course, you remember that. Got Obamacare, <laughs> didn't he? That's right. And part of, the, uh, part of that was uh, to, uh, uh, he had a very, he, we had a Republican majority, but just barely. Just barely. And uh, all you had to do was get, get one to kind of wander off. And, you know, we had trouble. I remember uh, uh, one of the bills, uh, uh, my friend Mark Lowry was was sick. He was at home sick. And, and they said, you need to get up here and vote on this bill. You're the 51st vote. And, <laughs> and uh, I was. Well, at least they didn't do him well, like Strom Thurmond. I met him at the back door, and he walked in, and I parked his car for him. So he, they <laughs> got him to the elevator so he could go up and vote. So, And I'm sure there's been other cases of that. But when you have 76 in the House, it makes it a little easier. Yeah, you remember Strom Thurmond of when course. they brought him in on the gurney That's so right. he could vote. It's incredible. It really was. Mark, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Dave, come to our interim study committee. You might, I will. You might like it. I'll come. I want to hear what you're you doing. Sure. We'll keep Great. everybody up on this. It's important Great. that they keep Thank up you, on Dave, it. Thank you, Dave, for doing that. Thank you. All right. We've got the Bible guys coming up. Paul, thanks for coming yes, in. Always a pleasure. We'll see you. We will talk to the Bible guys next.
Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every So, what do we do? We do this right here. So, speak loud. All right, Holy Week. All right, uh, Passover starts Friday. Yep. So you're getting your family together, right, so that you're ready to yep. celebrate Passover. My wife is. What? Had... You're not? <laughs> what? I'm just saying. I'm just uh, talking I, to my listener. Oh, no. You're not. Gotcha. Why aren't We're you, like, uh, why aren't you celebrating Passover? You got to get your house ready. The leaven's got to get out. Yep. So you got to get things ready. We. My wife has had our table being set in phases over the over the past. Uh, Almost ten days, so you still have a little more, few little decorations to do. Mm. I've eaten a lot of extra bread in the last two days. Trying trying to get things cleared out. I'll have you know, I was talking to Robert Steinbach Uh on my show, and um, I was selling him that uh, Shotgun Dan's Pizza. Now is at the ballpark for the Travelers, Mm -hmm. which is it's one of the best pizzas around. Absolutely, it's very very good. And I I told him I'd take him to lunch at Shotgun Dan's. Next week he says can't Dave I can't eat any I can't eat any uh, not you, next you know, week eleven yeah. yeah. and I said oh that's right you'd be eating sin you can't do that can you? <laughs> and he says no and so uh, he's practicing Jewish guy yeah we it's, haven't talked really uh, in depth about that but he's mm-hmm. he's evidently a practicing Jew so well you know you can actually make some pretty decent uh, yeah, yeah. pizza mm-hmm. out of uh, they don't do it. they don't do it at mm. at shotgun they, they, don't. Don't. they do not and they, they don't they, use cauliflower they they don't use cauliflower either. that's a big thing now it that's is a new yeah. thing now cauliflower base my wife does that cauliflower <laughs> rice yes <clears throat> that's not as good i like that's one of no, my favorite no. things to eat during this time is matzo pizzas yep taking little matzo crackers and putting pizza sauce and cheese and turkey sausage and doing it in the microwave I'm, i might have an oven. entire case of matzo being delivered tomorrow oh, so, really yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you need some might, I might, might be i've got some left over by the way i'm disappointed to say this but excited as well i had several uh people come up and ask me when we were going to do our Passover celebration right. at uh, New Life Church. That's awesome. good to hear. And we're not doing one this right. year because right. everybody waited until seven days before, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to try mm-hmm. that again. Yeah. So bottom line is we'll do it next year. There you go. But the, but the, uh, but the uh, desire was there. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's People good to hear. wanted to do it, and it wasn't for a learning experience either. Mm-hmm. They felt that they should be doing it. That's huge. Is a lot for you guys because you've taught them well. Mm, praise God. Praise God. Well, that's a big step if people are at the point now where they feel like they should be doing it as opposed to just going for a you know a special little night. Well, it's kind of hard to deny it when you look at Scripture. Yeah. 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 And if they feel they should do it, you know, just, they should do it at their home. Yep. You know, they say, well, I don't remember. Oh, just do what you remember. I mean, if, if I all, like if, my pastor. I'm, I mean, I'm, look, uh, Pastor Bennett. Yeah. On Sunday, we had we, we of course, uh, had Lord's Supper. And when he got to drinking the wine, and he was saying, and he took a cup, and he took a special cup from the Passover meal. Mm-hmm. See, he so I think that he's caught on to some mm-hmm. of it yeah. too, which yeah. I'm now. 
he'll stop me someday and say, Dave, I already believe that. I know he'll say that to me. <laughs> but the bottom line is is that uh, I hadn't heard him say that before, yeah, and that's right. exciting to hear that come Praise God. from the pulpit. It's starting. It, it really is. It's starting. Starting to see it everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. So I think Passover is probably the easiest one for people to grab I a I think hold that of. is the easiest it one. Is. And if they can grab that, then Pentecost is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps on rolling once they begin to – to get that together. Whenever I first came back to Arkansas, the Lord dropped in my heart that I was to focus on the three major feasts I was introducing this to the congregation. And uh, and um, I tell you what, they, they, they've grabbed a hold of it, and they're full on celebrating it. Here's what I know. For Southern Baptists, it should be really easy, because mm-hmm. they like to have potlucks. Oh, yeah. Just have a potluck on Pentecost. I mean, come on. <laughs> How hard is it to do to have a, you know, a party at your celebration, house? You know, the celebration when you put up the tents and stuff. I mean, potluck. Yep. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite things to teach during this time of the year is a lot of people will be focused. I've got all these friends on Facebook, and I know they're all going to be doing from their heart what they're going to be posting about Easter come this Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite things to teach is about the resurrection but only getting up to exodus 12 right you can teach so much of this was prophesied in the book of genesis and we miss the foundation that was laid for this that we just think jesus kind of came out of nowhere that this whole thing wasn't laid in motion it's just one of my favorite sermons and it takes i could do it in about an hour but if you really um want to get into it to have this whole thing make so much more sense and so much more meaning to you you got to go all the way back to the beginning pun intended okay so with that coming up we're glad to have steve back with us yeah well we're moderately happy (laughs) not not terribly disappointed are you guys are you guys uh game of Thrones fans no never seen it never watched so anyway they had a they had the opening for the final season and one of my favorite lines in it was they were talking about Joffrey, King Joffrey's birthday, where he got married and then he was poisoned and killed. And uh, Tyrion, the dwarf, who is part of the the Lan- Lannister family, was talking to Sansa, uh, Sansa about it. And Santa Claus. She, no, Sansa. <laughs> Santa. Sansa. 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 Okay. okay. Right. And she was the daughter <laughs> of Ned who was put to death by the Lannisters, and she was forced to marry uh, the, the, the creep kid that got killed, right? And uh, Tyrion looks at her and says, last time I saw you was at the marriage feast. Sorry, well, how do you put it? It was, sorry, it was sorry how things came out. And she says, almost. Almost. She was almost sorry. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, her uh, future husband died. Yeah, right, of course. You know, so I, it makes me laugh every time I think <laughs> about that, and it makes me bring up this, this question that somebody sent to us because it's a misinterpretation of Scripture. Yeah. Okay. And here it is. You know, they, and here, and Logan, I know you think you got us, all right? <laughs> you, think you, you think you got us. I hate to tell you, you didn't. <laughs> I heard you guys talking about how the Passover was what we are supposed to keep instead of Easter. Mm -hmm. I also know that you claim that you follow the Scripture, not traditions of men. So, with that in mind, how do you deal with the verse of Scripture that says, And when they apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four, I don't know what that is, soldiers, to keep him, intending after Easter... 
to bring him forth to the people. Acts 12.4. Does this verse not undermine your position? I look forward to hear your reply. And to that, Logan, I'm saying no, because the King James Version screwed it up. Right. With, that, with that in, I'm gonna turn it, I'll uh, turn it over to the three that are sitting across from me, and they'll prove that to you. Yeah. Go ahead. I like your, your theological approach. They screwed it up. Well, they did. <laughs> they screwed it up. Right. Very technical term it, it is, for what they've done there. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, um, the uh, it's it's true that the um, the King James version does use the word um, Easter, uh, and it is an unfortunate um, translation. The vast majority of other translations don't use that; they use the word Passover, and for good reason. They use what word? They use the word Passover. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. And for good reason, and the reason for that is because in the original or in the, or in the Greek, there it's the word Pascha. Um, and, and what does that mean, it, Scott? It comes from the Hebrew word Pesach, which means Passover. Passover. Okay, so how did the, the people who... <laughs> somebody charged his batteries <laughs> before we came did, on how here. How did the people who wrote the King James Version put in Easter? <laughs> because they had agendas. Uh, and, and sometimes they just had uh, good old-fashioned, what we would call ignorance. Sometimes it was based off the theology of their time. And so sometimes it was intentional, and sometimes it was just based off what they knew. Uh, How many years was it before the King James Version came out from when Constantine said that Christianity was the religion of the realm? About 1,300 years. Okay, so they had been brought up with Easter for 1,300 years because Constantine didn't like those dirty, no-good Money grubbing right. Jews, That's right? right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so their tradition yep. caused them to deliberately miss and translate that word right. into the vernacular of the day. That's correct. And, and if, even if we look at this in the New King James, so the still your same base, That's the King James, got. and we've upgraded the language so that we and we have removed some of those intentional mm-hmm. um, things. Uh, Acts twelve four reads, So when they arrested him, they put him into prison and delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after, capital P, Passover. Passover. Yep, yep. Well, and the Greek word Passover. is Pascha, which is yes. the word for Passover. And context, <clears throat> if you back up one verse prior, it says, Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. Mm. That is a clear reference to the biblical feast of Passover and unleavened bread that last seven days. It doesn't say... The week before Cadbury eggs. No, it does not. It doesn't say during Lent right. either. Right. Uh, and, and most other languages, if you take, you know, I mean, the, the dominant language in America besides English is uh, Spanish. And the Spanish word for, quote unquote, Easter time is uh, Pascua, which you can very easily hear the word Passover in that. So yeah. the Spanish are saying Passover. They're talk, They're cel- They're saying we're going to celebrate Passover. The Spanish are not saying we're celebrating Easter. They're saying we're celebrating Passover. It's only when you bring it into the English that you have to deal with this word Easter. I'm just thinking, how cool would it be if amongst the Judeo-Christian church today, Mm -hmm. I refuse to call it just the Christian church. It is the Mm Judeo-Christian church. That's right. That on what we call Easter now or Mm -hmm. thereabouts, That we all came together to celebrate Passover. It would be Absolutely. huge. Would that be huge. was the key to the message of the first century believers, and it was what was so powerful. 
uh, it wasn't just – anytime I say just, it makes it sound like I'm diminishing what uh, Jesus came to do. But he, when he came to die for all mankind's sins, there was only salvation for the Jews. The mystery of the gospel was that we all get to partake in it now. Right. And right. the mystery was in, uh, recorded for us in Ephesians 2 where it talks about the one new man, about how we came together, Jew and Gentile, one underneath the Messiah. So what makes this more powerful, and it's part of the reason why the devil wants us driven away from this, why he wants us chasing bunnies and eggs, because I think once the the second that the church realizes the connection and sees all of these connections going all the way back to Genesis and to Exodus and to the fullness of the Passover, that it will make the story that much more powerful. And it proves to those who have tried to deny it for so long that it wasn't just some story that was just made up, you know, half-handedly in the third century, that there was a connection from 39 different authors and 66 different books and so on and so forth. And it all points to this event. This is a very significant event. I mean, think about this. Jesus is referred to as the Lamb Thirty-three times in the New Testament. And why? There's no way you know what it's talking about unless you connect it back to the Passover lamb yep. of the book of Exodus. So uh, it's it's all one contiguous story. Passover is my favorite of the holidays because I don't know if there's anything more messianic. Mm-hmm. There, There's no stronger picture mm-hmm. of the purpose, life, the work that Messiah was going to perform than the Passover. The Passover is... If you as a Christian get the opportunity to see, to participate in a Passover, it, from the moment it starts, mm-hmm. and we start talking about removing sin from our lives, the, the preparation days leading up to that, and you know, we've talked about getting leaven out of our home, that's that's the removing of the leaven for a home that's going on this week, leading up to every moment, nearly every word that is spoken is an absolute picture of yep. the Messiah. Absolutely. And leaven doesn't just mean sin, it also means hypocrisy <laughs> and false teaching. So it's about getting all of that out of our lives. Getting right. Yep. Get it right. Getting right. Get That's it right. What it's all about. All right. Twenty one after. Started off on wow. the right foot for Real the Holy fast. Week, have we not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Resurrection Sunday is just around the corner. That's right. Got more to talk about in just a moment. Talking about earlier. All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got more questions. Let's get those in real quickly, and because I I want to spend quite a bit of time talking about. Why do we do Easter? You know, why don't we do Passover? Okay. Right now, I think it's only because it would be difficult for some people to understand why you're trying to make the change. Mm-hmm. That's Even what, though you teach it to them, and you can obviously see the problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, why do we do we got eggs, you know. I, I <laughs> yeah. love that right. little piece of comedy there. I'll, I'll text it to you. Yeah, you got to. I'm, I'll put that. In the computer, and we'll play it when okay. somebody brings up Easter. It's good. It's just really, really good. Uh, let me get to this question here. I had a question for you. This is from Susan, and Susan says, I know this is Holy Week, and we are coming upon Passover. How did we get the term Good Friday? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know where it came from. Well, the Catholics gave it to us. They gave us... Um was called Good Friday, and they have something called Long Saturday. And then the course, I've never heard Long Saturday. Have you not? Yeah. I have not. It's called Long Saturday. So the Catholics gave it, it to us, um, and the reason why it's called I, I, you know, I, I don't really know. 
the answer to that. I, well, I can only speculate because I don't remember the direct off the top of my head, but I'm sure it has to do because of what he did, and it happened to be on Friday, and since he was late, according to how they um, interpreted what the Sabbath was then, um, then they make it this day, the day prior to the Sabbath. Okay. But All right. That's what, that would be. I, I, I don't Billy's have a direct got historical the world reference. in his hand, and he's checking yeah, this out right now. Yeah. So um, that would be my speculation. According to the Catholic Encyclopedia, it is named Good Friday because this is the day that the crucifixion took place. So it was so, something good happened for mankind. Yes. That, I, I, I God thought that, good but, <clears throat> out of evil. Yes, right. you sure did. There is there is a problem with that though. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, yeah, it didn't well, happen. Besides that, the <laughs> calendar that everybody but, was using. Yeah, but they. Uh, I, yeah, I think that was um, that's a good question. I don't really think yeah. about that that much. Okay, so also how interesting that Yeshua gave up the ghost at about the ninth hour, which would be three in the afternoon. I guess she's referring to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Would that be true? Mm-hmm. No, or no? There were there were um, there were typically two sacrifices offered um, every day. But on Passover, there was three sacrifices. Okay, there you go. So I didn't know that either. I just learned something more today. So she's referring to the Passover sacrifice. So, um, yeah. And it happened at 3 o'clock, three in, the o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, and that she was, says, yeah. Yahweh uses everything for a specific purpose. Right. purpose. Right. He, he gave, <laughs> just to make sure I understood, he gave up the ghost at the exact time they were offering the Passover lamb. That's right. what's implied there. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. When the... the, the um, lamb that the people of Israel was supposed to set aside for four days, keep in their home. Well, the priest did the same thing, and they offered that lamb uh, on the altar, and Yeshua would have been dying at the exact moment that that lamb was being offered. Is that not the reason why satanic worshipers do just the opposite at 3 o'clock in the morning? Hmm. Uh, because it's just the opposite of that sacrifice? Yeah, I I would not begin to even try to explore the depths of what they might be doing. I mean, that's Um, just a depravity of satanic worship. But they're anti-everything, so it would would make sense. sense. But I I hadn't actually um, heard or thought of that before. Okay. Uh, So bottom line is it would be interesting to see uh, if that's the case. But I I read that somewhere Mm. before, which always freaks me out when I wake up like at 3 in the morning and – I got thoughts in my head. <laughs> this this might be kind of cool for you here, Dave. I, I might be teaching this on Sunday. I'm still not sure. But at when the whenever the whenever the Passover lamb that the priest had, had was about to be sacrificed, the the Passover lamb was sacrificed basically at the feet of the of the high priest, and he would kind of stand above them and he would watch it do it, watch him do it to make sure it was done correctly. Mm-hmm. And when it was done correctly, uh, he would throw up his hands like this, basically. And he would shout a phrase. Okay, let me just tell you, on the radio, you just couldn't see what Scott did, but he threw his hands up. If you're watching on Facebook, you just saw what he did. Yeah. Okay, so explain more. And so as he would raise his hands up, he would he would shout a, um, a phrase, and the phrase was, we shouldn't be surprised anybody, is, it is finished. Okay. And so the high priest on the hill that was sacrificing himself for the sin of the world was crying out the same thing at the same moment the priest in the temple was saying exactly the same words about the Passover lamb that didn't sacrifice. I mean, I love it. I mean, God's perfect in everything. That I love he does. it. Yeah, I love it. All right. We got 10 seconds to get to the news. Let's do that. When we come back, numerology, is there anything about it? We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick show back with you. And, uh, I have to tell you some of the questions that came specifically for them today are 
some of the questions that I kind of expect to get from listeners because people have weird views about Christianity at times. Mm, And they definitely, well, they're not learning about it, about Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. Christianity. When I say that, there's a lot of people that goes right yeah. over their head. They don't have a clue. And it shouldn't go as, over their head. I agree. As, as you know, I'm 66. I would say in the last 20 years is when the really big change started. But until that time, until I was in my late 40s, mm-hmm. I always heard the term Judeo-Christian. Judeo-Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Always heard it. Not anymore. No. Now you hear Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And folks, I'm sorry to tell you, that's wrong. It is. Yep. Yep. It is. It's wrong. Jesus it's, didn't come to start Christianity. That's yeah. right. It's it's dangerous. Um, <laughs> Germany didn't go from Bible-backed Judeo-Christianity to killing Jews overnight. It was a slow divorce, just like we're doing right now, a slow divorce from those roots to get to the point where you can completely dehumanize an entire group of people. The man who hung on the cross was Was Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. Absolutely. I keep trying to remind people about that because I think they see a white Aryan guy with blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't that way. Yeah. You know, I've asked congregations before when when I've been teaching, when I go and visit, I would say, um, just for just to kind of check you guys out in a Bible school, I would say, of all the the, the well-known Jewish people in the world, from Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. all these, who is who is the the the, the most famous and most you well-known? You mentioned Jew? this last week. Oh, did I? Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm, go I'm, ahead. I'm, repeat I'm yourself. In my pastor mode. I don't remember. Yeah. And and you, they'll sit there. They'll, they'll be thinking, and they'll call out names like Jerry Seinfeld or Einstein. Spielberg or what, Einstein. Or you're, you're like, hello. And then you say Jesus, and everyone's like. Oh, Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even think about that. That's, right. that's, that's the, the problem. problem. Yeah, that's a, absolutely. That's the problem. <laughs> we right. don't see him as Jewish anymore. Here's anyway. one of these questions I was telling you about. Thank you for answering my question from last week. And that's not pointing the finger at our, our writer here at all. I was wondering if you could answer another this week. If so, I'm wondering what the Bible guy's position is, is on, on numerology and is it Gematria? Oh, Gematria. Gematria, Gematria. Mm-hmm. okay. Do they believe there is a hidden code within the scriptures, like the writer Brown says there is? If I'm not mistaken, Isaac Newton spent most of his life looking for some kind of code. Much appreciated. I think Billy's probably done more research on this than I have. Oh, really? I see that train. Um, so let's <laughs> let's separate the two to begin with. Numerology. Um, numerology is an absolute no-no. It is right. a cult in its uh, origins. Uh, gematria. Um, there is no distinction. In English, we have a distinction between letters and numbers. In Hebrew, that is simply not true. Um, all the numbers are simply Hebrew letters. So <clears throat> anything that is in Hebrew can also be turned into a chain of numbers. Um, The question becomes, if we start changing things into chains of numbers, do we find interesting things? Um, I will tell you that, yes, there are some interesting things there. Uh, If you're asking me if you should be doing that in an effort to build some sort of a theology around it, cut it out. Um, That is not appropriate. Um, I I look at that very much like I look at prophecy. Uh, Prophecy was not given so that we could be ahead of the curve 
uh, and go, ooh, 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 I know better than you about what's about to happen. Prophecy was given so that when something happens, we can go, looky here, once again, Scripture was right. God foreordained these things to happen. So there's some interesting things in Gematria. Uh, there's some interesting plays on numbers. Um, in a lot of instances, we draw, the rabbis drew um, connections between uh, words that had the same numeric values. Mm-hmm. And um, when I, I think, you want to tell the the fish story? Um, the fish being pulled up out of the sea? Yeah, yeah. That is one that you could say is of interest, whether this is the exact meaning. You know, like when um, um, Jesus, after he resurrected and he told him to cast the net into the water, again, reminded him when the first time he called Peter, it says how many fish he caught. And you would go, why would anybody care? Well, it is interesting that the numerical value of the Pesach, the Passover, is 153. So is that an accident or is that a coincidence? Probably not. Uh, But is it something that you're going to go start searching through scriptures like they do with these Bible code things? I think you have to be very careful with that because I think that one, I guess I would say the the true purist in Gematria, the rabbis that are really going after some of this. And I've watched some videos with some of these guys that they're not just rabbis, they're like PhD and mathematicians and that kind of stuff. And and I think, and they stay within Torah because they say that was the only thing that was given directly from God. And so if there was anything, it would be in that. And I think that they do something called random number sequencing or something like that where they start searching for things. And if you do something simple, let's just say every third letter, every fourth, every fifth, then if, if things were coming out like that, then I would probably go, that's interesting. But when you start running codes and things like we're going to look at every fourth, fifth, seventh, thirtieth, one hundredth, and one thousandth, and oh, and look, by the way, we can tell you what, eh, I'm going to start questioning yeah. it because you can plug any code in any random sequence of numbers and you can make it say anything. And a guy who I watched a, a video on did that with Moby Dick and came up with all kinds of other stories because sure. he started using the same algorithms, the same program that they were using. And when you change the the sequence in so many uh, variances, you can come up with all kinds of things. So if there is, I would be very cautious, but I would also echo what Billy said, is don't go looking to try and prove when Jesus is coming back or anything like that. All right, so Steve or Scott, one of you told the story that some musicians Mm -hmm. did this Mm -hmm. and an algorithm or whatever, and when they played it as a musical, Mm -hmm. it was just like an awesome symphony. Mm -hmm. Because all of the letters are numbers, and um, music is really a a mathematical formula simply simply turned into sound, that that means that the Bible can be turned into sound. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did uh, several um, literary works, and the only one that has a beautiful sound when played, when turned into numbers and then played, uh, is the Bible. And it is... It is beautiful from its beginning to its end, and you would think it was written by a great composer of some sort because it has these. It was. It, it, <laughs> it was. You're right. My apologies. You would think it was designed to be music, right. um, because it, it has these these. <laughs> I'm going to go to my corner now. It has these moments where, very much like in a, in a well composed piece of music, where it it slows down and and it becomes very dramatic and it's sounding, and then there's a uh, an increase in the pace and. Um, very much like we expect out of a a long composed work, we find it perfectly uh, when when the Bible is played. We do we do not find that in other works. Um, it's only the Torah they're playing, right? Uh, I want to say that they stuck no, he did to it with, um, um, 
Psalms. Right. No, really? Mm-hmm. Psalms, okay. the prophets, not all of the writings, but some of the writings, they obviously the Torah, they did some of the prophets, some of uh, the writings, but not the entire Old Testament, as I recall. But I think that um, I think that the gentlemen are, are correct. And I, I think that probably the, the book is so multidimensional that when we get to heaven, we're going to learn stuff about the Bible that we never knew. And I think the rabbis are right. There is something to the gematria. I just don't know if we are yet at the place where we're ready, ready to understand it. it. Mm. But I will say this. Uh, the email is correct. I, um, Isaac Newton, he did believe that there was a, a code. And he did work for years to find the code in the Bible. Um, he didn't have a computer, so it was a he matter was of a just smart count. guy. Yes, he was. I mean, he still uses calculus didn't in just university. Get hit in the head with an apple. All <laughs> right. Right. right, that even happened. But nonetheless, yeah. he, he definitely uh, was a smart guy, and he saw the pattern in there, and he searched it, uh, and he did the best he could with without a computer to be able to do it. Why does the apple always get the bad vibe? <laughs> Eve took a bite of an apple. Mm-hmm. Isaac Newton got hit in the head by an apple. I mean, I think some artist drew it. Couldn't, it have, been a, couldn't have been a tomato. I'm just On saying. a tree? Or a pear I, or whatever. I will say that we have to be, anytime we start talking about hidden knowledge, um, we have to be careful. Um, one of Satan's greatest temptations. Why would God hide anything? Satan, um, I can well, understand. Our our relationship with God should be one that is revealed over a lifetime. We should grow closer. Um, so not necessarily hidden, but something I don't understand today, I may understand tomorrow. But the moment we go looking, that is the promise of all witchcraft, is hidden knowledge. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful. We start talking about hidden knowledge. Um, you need to be careful poking at those sorts of things. They can lead you to a very dark place very quickly, and it's a very slippery slope. All right. We've got to take a break. It's that time again. Got another question. Just goes to show when I read this question that Holland never questioned me when it comes to politics. <laughs> I'll explain that when I come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Here is the qu- last question, and then I'm going to turn it all over to you guys just to talk about Easter, Passover, all that. The election is over now in, in Israel, and Mr. Dave was correct. <laughs> I told you. Remember, I told you Trump would win. Everybody thought I was crazy. Uh, but BB won. I remember you guys saying how worried you were about a new divide of the land peace plan. And I want to take myself out of that because I did not see that. <laughs> <Right>. Anyway, be, <laughs> I'm just being, I'm just giving you guys And that means time. who would being have said that, Being put into Dave. place at you <laughs> after the election. So do you still have those concerns? And it's been a week now, and with no news of a land grab, so I was just wondering if you still have those concerns. Holland, let me say no, because BB announced just in a matter of, I think it was a few days ago, but it could have been, like you said, 24 yeah, hours. I, I think I, it was my, my time gets all screwed hours. up. Bottom line, BB said that he's going to take back the West Bank, basically. Yeah. Um, and indicated that what they have already declared sovereignty over was not the end of that. Uh, I will say that, and, and don't allow me to speak for you, but I, I will say that what I mentioned as being concerned about um, oh, yeah, you were in on that, too. I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to say anything. I was hoping he would come forward. <laughs> yeah. and confession is good for uh, the Confession soul. is good. Um, so we we have been teased with a peace plan for several months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that... Uh, and Kushner the, was supposed to be the one working on that. Right. The fact that that Jared. peace plan has been held off until after the elections concerns me that... Um, the peace plan that will be put forward by the U.S. includes a land swap. 
Um, now, that does not mean that Israel would accept that. That does not mean that uh, there are great stirrings going on out there. And it also does not mean, since we still have not seen that peace plan, that that idea is dead. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. do concern. I, I am concerned um, about the possibility that the United States would float that idea. It never works. No. And I think that my one of my concerns was that, um, yeah, because they were they were talking about this and I had seen uh, kind of a, someone t- talking of their concern. Um, but um, and I think probably, I guess, in a cynical way, I was thinking also that um, our, our president for uh, all of his, um, you know, the good things he's done, you know, there are some flaws. And I think because he sees himself as the great deal maker. Yeah. In a way, this would have been the right greatest alley. deal ever to be made. And it could play into someone's pride to be able to say, all these presidents, what they failed to do, I could do because I'm the great deal maker. And so I was a bit concerned that some of the some of that pride might get in there to try to make something happen. But I think that just letting Israel be a sovereign nation and do what they have to do is the, the best thing that could possibly happen. And I, I certainly hope that there is no uh, land swap because it's never worked. Israel's given away land equivalent to three times their current size, and they don't have any peace, and it never will. All they got to do is point to Gaza from 2005. They're they're constantly fighting Gaza today, dealing with rockets all the time, and the same thing's going to happen if they give up the West Bank. And if you want to start looking prophetically into things that the Bible says about the nations that give up God's land to themselves as Mm -hmm. a possession, and if we are... You know the big pusher of all of that, then it's just not going to bode well for us. All right, I'm going to turn it over to you guys now because I want you to to talk about what we're coming up on this weekend and uh, why it's important that we get this weekend right. All right, that's the key. Get it right, mm. which should have been you know from now on we should all be doing Passover, but absolutely. Just so you, and I'm going to try to make that happen. Mm-hmm. As far as my family goes. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a big key is you have to, as far as Passover goes, you have to own it. It's got to become, you have to own it like we own any other uh, feast or festival or holiday that we that we have. If it's just a church institutional thing, when the church stops having it, nobody will do it. Right. Um, and I would, so I would just encourage everybody, before we get too deep into it, I would just encourage everybody, if you're, if you're listening and you're a believer, your Lord celebrated Passover. And all of his disciples did too. So uh, if you're a follower of his, you should also celebrate Passover. And you might say, you know what? I'd, go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to finish up. And you might say, well, I have no idea how to do that. And, of course, it is last minute now. But i tell you what. If you don't know how to do it, just start off doing this. Just have a nice big family meal, almost like your Thanksgiving. Try to keep the leaven out of it and ha- and take communion together at the end of it, celebrating the body and the and the bread and celebrating what Jesus did. Let that be your first step, and then next year learn about it so you can actually do it if you yes. don't have time. But at least begin the process. Mm-hmm. Eliminate the eggs, eliminate, eliminate the rabbit, and just focus on, on Jesus if that's your first step towards celebrating Passover. There was a time, I don't remember exactly when, maybe in the late 70s, early 80s. Do you remember when they used to have solid chocolate crosses? No, that you could buy instead of buying, uh, you know, bunnies, bunnies and, and all of that. But you could get crosses. I I still remember that those days. Hmm. That sounds so. like a very Latin American sort of thing to do. Um, sounds like a very long time ago. 
<laughs> well, I am old. I was going to ask him uh, what exactly the invention of dirt looked like as that happened, but you know, <laughs> one of the things though to remember is yes, uh, we the reason we always talk about Passover because it will bring your faith that much more stronger into oh, its my fullness. Gosh, yeah. But to get to just don't ever forget, obviously, the basic story and that God sent His Son to die for our sins. That's the part. That's what everybody needs to get. Bring somebody to church. Get to church. This is one of the biggest services a year, more than Christmas. And we need to remember what He did, not take it for granted, not just go to church during this time of the year, right. but to remember what He did and live a life worthy of what He did for us. So, Russell Stover. Really? Chocolate crosses. It changed on you, Dave. You can get them. Yeah, you can get them at Target, just so you know. Well, look, you're there. There it is. Chocolate crosses. I won't say that makes it right. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying they kind of felt like maybe <laughs> that had more to do with Easter than mm-hmm. what uh, than bunny. bunny rabbits and chocolate-filled yeah. eggs. Cadbury. Yeah, that was pretty good, by the way. <laughs> it was. But, yeah, I would encourage, uh, just like Pastor Scott said, to start someplace. Um, we have friends that are doing a, a mass um, seder for um, the community this Sunday, um, and where at uh, uh, Key Light Israel, the place in Sherwood where I used to pastor. When's it start? Uh, I think five. I can't remember if it's five or six. I'll check. But it's at. Uh, Might um, want to come over. Yeah, one fifty one Fred Rains. I'm sure they don't care that I just pumped it out there. They may get a little <laughs> shock if forty people show up that they weren't expecting. But you know that's all right. Um, and it would just it will bless you i promise you um you will just appreciate your faith and and love the lord that much more and it would just it will edify you i was lucky because the first one that i went to because of scott he invited me into his home this was uh four years ago i think was it four years yeah yeah you had me there Mm -hmm. and you and linda came with me that's right Mm -hmm. and uh the uh professor was there oh dr mosley dr mosley Mm -hmm. was there which is really great listening to some of his asides that that he would (laughs) do and he was great it was great it was it it was excellent and and i think you realize how how much that meant to me when i went through it Uh, what really made a lot of sense to me was it brings the whole thing about what the bible says about uh, jews being blinded Mm. to the truth because I can't yeah. see how you go through that and be Jewish and not become a believer like that. Mm. Yeah. Our perspective changes how we see everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's happened in the times that we've had the Passover with the groups from my church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know that. we've had, You've had people come up weeping. Weeping, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because they didn't know anything about the Passover and then got it and was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to Facebook, that will be Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. Okay. So, okay. so yeah, if you're looking for a place to get together, um, you could come with Billy and I on Saturday maybe if you want. I'm kidding. That's sarcasm. We're doing we're doing a Seder at uh, Tucker Max Prison on no. Saturday evening. Yeah. Okay. Would they let me come? Yeah. They might no. let you in. Yeah. Might not well, let you in. You, <laughs> you just... Hey, and yeah. I'll go ahead and plug, uh, we have on on, uh, on Sunday morning, we'll be celebrating the... Yep. Uh, First Fruits, we'll be celebrating a Passover teaching slash First Fruits uh, at uh, 701 Napa Valley in Little Rock. That's okay, 10 now I'm going to stop you. Mm-hmm. you got two minutes. Why is First Fruits? Oh, 
Go for it. First fruits is the resurrection. When people focus on Easter, what we're really talking about is the the continuing of the feast. Passover is just the beginning. It's Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. All of this is combined together. Uh, Paul, I think it's in Corinthians, refers to how Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. So he was the first fruits that came up and was offered uh, to God. Remember when uh, the Mary and him came to the um, grave and they, he said, don't touch me. I haven't gone up to the Father yet because he was going to present himself as the first fruits of that resurrection. Uh, and so that was what the, the short story of this is in, in ancient Israel when the uh, the barley would begin to rise. Um, they, that's And then they cited the new moon. That's what began the new year, which began about uh, 12 days ago. Well, they would let it grow up for this period of time. And then after uh, Passover, they would go out and harvest this first fruits and then offer it to God. That's what we're celebrating in Him being that first fruits of the resurrection. All right. So, you have a great resurrection Sunday. Amen. All right. Just remember it ain't about bunnies That's and right. it ain't about colored eggs. And you can get chocolate crosses at Target. <laughs> All right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. See you tomorrow, 2 o'clock, right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.